welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am Blue and today I'm here with Brad and we are going to be talking about our rankings for um, uh, all the animes that we've covered in our podcast since the beginning of this year. How exciting is that? I am excited. Yatta. Yay. Sagoi. Yeah, so we've covered... How many did it end up being? 36? 35? 36? 36 different animes since the since we've started this podcast. Because we didn't start right at the beginning of 2020. We started a couple months in. Mm-hmm. And we've released weekly episodes, but a couple of them have been like part one, part twos. So uh, yeah, we ended up covering 36 different animes. Although we have actually attempted to watch... 37 to cover on this podcast but the 37th never actually came to fruition so the 37th got dumped hard it got dumped harder than all of my failed relationships <laughs> oh the, the thing about the the 37th though is that i do want to cover it at some point i'm probably just going to slug through it and finish it myself i'm not going to put you through it brad um and i want to talk about it in the podcast mainly because it's one of these ones that's got like a huge cult following and it's part of a kind of like an American Horror Stories style world where they're the same characters, but in different universes doing different stories. And this one that we happen to watch is one of the ones that is not very popular and not very known. And it's more known by one of the side characters in the one that we watched, who is the main character in some of the other tr- versions that is like really well known and people really like that. And so, yeah, maybe we'll get into that later because I do want to finish it and watch the other versions of it so I can have a proper opinion on it. Because I feel like right now I'm just, I don't have the full story, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Although I feel like I'd much rather watch one of the other versions Yeah. because I will not sit through Gun Frontier. If you want to cover it for an episode, that's fine. I will just watch something else and then give my input on that. Yeah, uh, I'm not excusing the racism in it though that's and the sexism (laughs) and the the whole it's oh god yeah there's like a whole load of really questionable stuff that's not cool or i i'll tell you what if we do actually watch that and cover it you'll owe me one okay i will find the most outlandish obscure or probably just pick a rom-com that you're gonna absolutely hate and we'll cover that okay if we ever feel like torturing each other we could do that yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> but yeah before we get into the full-on ranking of what we have rated the worst of the animes that we have reviewed this year to the best of the animes that we have reviewed this year we have some we have some other things to be talking about don't we bad so we have a little bit of news but hey you know how's it going that all, uh, that sounds really insincere but i do know you actually had your toilets put in today so how's that going how are yeah. the new toilets well, um, the new toilets are very uh, are environmentally friendly, which we love. Mm-hmm. I have a really itchy nose right now, which is we don't love so much. Uh, where's Jen? I feel like she's listening in. <laughs> very well might be. Yeah, no, it, toilets got put in. I got woken up early because of that. And they were a lot noisier to be installed than I thought they were going to be. What did you think? Well, I didn't think that they were going to be, like, quiet to be installed, but I didn't think that there was going to be, like, lots of noise, you know? Like, in in the construction world, I feel like toilet installation wouldn't be up there 
in the noise thing. Okay, so first things first, they're heavy. True. Secondly, they're still really fucking heavy. Yeah, but like you don't need like a whole bunch of massive power tools to install the toilet. Yeah, but it still requires tools. Yeah, but like, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be loud, but it's louder than I thought it was going to be. And I, I mean, think you and I also, also have really sensitive ears, so that yeah. doesn't help. I also think that it, I'm still getting adjusted to having wood flooring in the house. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make everything echo. Everything, the whole house feels so much louder than, because normally like I can, on carpet, I can walk around an entire house and like I, I creep people out. I scare people quite often. My brother does the same because we have quite light footsteps. And a lot of the time, people don't even realize we're there uh, mm. if there's carpet. But with this new flooring, I've been hearing my own footsteps, and that's been really weird. So it's funny, because for me, being a very massive man, we have linoleum all throughout our house and tile in the kitchen and everything. Mm-hmm. And I scare the shit out of everyone in this house, because I just walk so quietly. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. It was probably me creeping to the fridge whenever I was little, trying to be as sneaky as humanly possible, and it's just carried over into everyday life. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I scare the absolute shit out of people. Yeah, well, it's funny. I think a lot of people assume that heavy footsteps come with big people, like tall people, heavy people, muscular people, like anything. But that's really not true. I think it's like that hunter's footsteps concept, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think that's got a little bit to do with it, and it just has a lot to do with, too, just kind of how... I feel like your personality has a lot to do with how you walk and how you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, for me, that's why... It, does that make sense? I that actually like does make like a lot idiot. of sense. Like the psychological uh, result, physical result of psychological emotion. So like mm-hmm. if you're a timid, shy person, you're not going to want to make a lot of noise. So you'll naturally try and make yourself quiet and and lighten your footsteps and figure out that weight distribution from a young age. Whereas mm. somebody that's more confident or boisterous won't, it won't even occur to them, consciously or subconsciously, to worry about how loud they're being because they're actually trying to attract that attention. Mm-hmm. And for me, and I'm assuming it's the same for you too, since we both have really sensitive ears, we just hate noise in general. Because mm-hmm. I know the one thing I hate more than anything is noise without a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like vacuums, I'm vacuums I kind of hate. That's why I'll stick earbuds in whenever I vacuum, because it's a lot of noise for practically nothing. Yeah. Yeah, vacuuming is my least favorite chore. See, I really like vacuuming because it's satisfying because we have red carpet in my office and in the back bedroom. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's so satisfying, but it drives me up the fucking wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad that we, like, don't even have to vacuum anymore now that we have full vinyl floors. You know, we can just sweep and mop. We don't have to vacuum. But you see... I hate sweeping. Yeah. I really hate sweeping. Mopping, I love. I love mopping to bits. But sweeping, ugh. I, I don't know. I guess sweeping is so normal for me because, I mean, I have two golden retrievers in my house. We have so much dog hair all over the place that we have to sweep every day, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's one of those things that I don't even notice I do anymore. Whereas I feel like mopping and vacuuming to me are more of like a, oh, I need to mop today. You know? You see, if I could mop every day, I would, but that's mainly because I am a pine saw junkie. Like, just the smell of lemon pine saw just makes me happy. 
I can understand that. I For me, it would be, um, oh shoot, what's the name of that brand that does like the wood polish? Uh... And they do the same lemon scent. Oh, um, it's a big brand in the UK and it's over here in, in Canada as well. I'm not even sure if it's in the States. It's just like furniture polish. Like they do a whole bunch of different stuff, but like they have like wood cleaners. I use them a lot on um, like bookshelves and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, that smell is like a childhood smell for me. Mm-hmm. It's just weird how much the how much the smell of just lemon scented pine salt or anything like that is just calming. I guess. Yeah, wood oil's another one for me as well. We have a a table that was actually made custom for my family back in before I was born, um, but when my my parents were trying to start a family, they had this table made custom out of a small small carpenters in in Canterbury in England. And came with us. And we have to oil that table regularly because it dries out really quickly in Canada, way more than in the UK. And of course, it was designed to stay in the UK and all of the wood was made. So like the, everything was designed for it to be in the UK. So the wood was treated like that. And the UK is obviously a much more damp climate than it is out here in Canada. And so we have to oil it a lot. And so that wood oil as well is another one that like sticks in my brain of being like, a oh, yeah. That's a home scent, you know, it smells like home. Mm -hmm. And same for me for campfires and stuff now as well. Yeah. Just because of the wood heater and everything else. It's just one of those things where whenever I smell wood burning, it's just one of the best feelings I get. It's just like warmth coming over me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we used to have a wood burning fire in the UK. We had a fireplace. And for me, the biggest memory is more than the wood because the wood smoke scent is really common out here in Canada just like walking down the street because a lot of people have wood burning stoves in their houses and and like out back and and I live in <laughs> in a town that is surrounded by a lot of ranches and and you know farm folk so there's quite often huge bonfires and things like that going and we're away from the mountains as well so fire bands are a lot less frequent out here than they are around in the more forestry areas mm. and and so not necessarily smoke but smoky bread and strawberry jam mm -hmm. does take me back to the UK because every Christmas, one of our Christmas traditions would be to get bread and spear it and then toast it over the fireplace and then put strawberry jam on it. And so that was like a Christmas dessert, I guess. See, I really want to get a fire pit and then make bread on it because mm -hmm. I saw a TikTok on how to do it the other day and I really want to make like campfire bread. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm extremely capable of building a fire now, so I feel like now is the best time to do it. I want to get one of those big stone ovens. That'd be cool. Yeah. also want to get, like, a brick pizza oven. That would be amazing. Mm hmm I need this in my life. Yeah, those clay chimneys would be really cool. The amount of pointless shit I want to spend money on, it's unreal. I know. I think about all this stuff that I'm like, yeah, I would have that, I'd have that, I'd have that. And then I think about it, and I'm like, no, I, I really wouldn't like that. I'm, I'm... One of those people that enjoys having a small little cave. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had a, a house that was too big, especially if I didn't have like my family living there, like if I lived in my house right now and my three other family members were not living in this house at the same time, I would find it way too big. Like, I, what mm -hmm. is that? Agrophobic? Fear of big spaces? I don't think I would like Maybe. go that far. But I feel I would be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's one of those things to where I, I'm i very much a minimalistic person for the most part. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. My office or like my area that I spend the most time in is very populated. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, like living room, 
kitchen, all that other stuff, I don't need much at all. Like my bedroom, I'm totally fine with just a bed. Yeah. Living room, maybe if it were just me and me only, a recliner, that's it. Nothing else. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. And then kitchen, as long as I have a good knife set and pots and pans, I kind of don't give a shit. Yeah, see, I I think I like more things than that. I just don't like a lot of space. So, like, if I had a place, like, if I own, owned a house, I think three rooms would be fine for me. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as I have a place to record that I can close off and, like, that's probably my biggest thing of, like, I need a designated space for. Mm-hmm. Would be, like, a place I can close off to record. But everything else... Like, I don't, it can be, like, open plan, like, those, um, what are they? Bed sits? The, like, what do you call them in North America? Like, a no-bedroom apartment, you know, where it's all, oh, like... Oh, a studio apartment. A studio apartment, there you go. That's, I couldn't remember the, the North American name for it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having a studio apartment as so long as I had, like, a little sound booth area. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had, yeah. But that could be, like, I don't know, a quarter of the size of a regular bedroom. It just needs to fit in a desk and my computer. Yeah, you see, I I completely agree with that. It's one of those things to where, like, I don't know what it is or why. I think a lot of it has to do with my family being like they are, especially my mother and grandmother, with how much they just have so much shit. Mm -hmm. In that, I feel like it's just in me to not want to have that much stuff around. Yeah. Yeah, I... Maybe I feel like that's part of it, because I know whenever I moved out and was on my own while I was... working back at the old store i loved it because i had basically nothing Mm -hmm. in fact i had too much because i had a dining room table that i legitimately never used yeah yeah no i i get that as well i think mine might be along the similar thing of yours is that when i emigrated i lost all of like my well i didn't i didn't lose them but like all of my personal belongings or whatever they got put into storage for six weeks and then mm. when we when I finally got them off of a giant boat and into into our house, a lot of them just stayed in storage, mm-hmm. you know? And then they just stayed there and stayed there and stayed there and moved from that temporary house to our house now and, and stayed in storage. And I finally unpacked them and I'm just like, I have no emotional attachment to these anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, I don't feel like I have a lot of emotional attachment to a, like anything really. Mm-hmm. You know, like photo albums. I have a shoebox that I keep all of like, you know, tickets for plane rides and going to the carnival and receipts to the movies, that kind of thing. Like I chuck them all in, in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. So that shoebox is quite important to the me, to me. And then I have like another little box where I've got some letters from my grandma that are mm-hmm. important to me. And then, you know, Snowflake, who's my teddy bear that I had given to me the day I was born. Like, he's Mm -hmm. important. But I feel like if I lost everything else, I wouldn't be upset about it. You know, like, all of my photos are online, so I don't have to worry about, you know, losing a copy of my photos. Because I do have some printed out, but they're in the shoebox, right? Yeah. So, (laughs) most of them are online. And even if I lost my laptops or whatever, I lost a couple of hard drives. Yeah, I'd probably be a little bit upset about them, especially because of the projects that I've got working on. But most of them are backed up online, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if I, like, if, I don't know. I feel like I'm not very emotionally attached to stuff. I I agree. I have a few things that I like, like all of my anime statues. I like those. Mm. But if something were to happen, it's like, I don't need them. Like, they're not the first thing I would try to save if the house caught fire. Yeah, yeah, like, I've got my chest of Harry Potter 
merch that I've collected throughout the years that I would be mm. like there's a couple things in there that I'd be bugged about like um I have a Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone mug that came out after the first movie was released in the UK mm. and I've got Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on Game Boy Advance that's still in the box with the instruction manual that kind of stuff like those things I would be like upset about but they're not they don't have extreme value you know they're not like a first edition copy or anything they're like but they they have more sentimental value i guess but it's not like i mean i could just get another one mm-hmm. yeah yeah agreed i don't know small caves that's where we like to live yeah. and we're the most like we're giant people as well yeah we're both incredibly tall or at least above average height for the yeah. both of us and yet yeah, just tiny cave yeah that's funny. <laughs> it is. It is really weird. Yeah. It's funny because whenever I have my own place, whenever I have a house or whatever, the only thing that's going to be large are two things that will be large. My bathtub and my kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I was going to say, that's that's where my thinking went as well as the bathroom and the kitchen because I am so sick and tired of bending over counters. Mm-hmm. It hurts your back so bad. And it makes to be... cooking a bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love to make bread. And kneading bread when the counter is like three inches too short is really painful. Oh, I can I can only imagine. Because whenever I have to chop a lot of vegetables, I feel that. Yeah. Because it's just it's such a bitch. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah. So that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd gut a kitchen and increase the height of all of the counters. And then, yeah, gut the bathroom, put in a proper-sized bathtub and a shower head that's not on the wall and put it on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then... Also install disco lights and a karaoke machine. You know what? Why not? Oh, have you seen those, like, bathrooms in Japan where they have, like, um, light shows in the water of the bathtub? Yes. Aren't they sick? And, like, you could play music through the bathtub. The bathtub. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The technology is too far. I I love it. I know yeah. that, you know, there are times where, like, ah, why, why the fuck do we have to be living in, you know, nowadays? But then you look at the technology, and I'm like, fuck, why would I want to go back in time? What we have now is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I would go back in time if there wasn't, like, you know, the sexism, the, the illnesses, the racism. Yeah, all that. I mean, a lot of that is still. Those three very much this year as well have um, been very prominent. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> <laughs> you you were saying? But, you know, they're better than they were. But, mate. But, like, yeah. Light I don't know, show I think... bathtubs. I know. Karaoke machines in your shower. Yeah. Like, could you imagine the jam toilet. session? Exactly. The jams, right? Yeah. Especially because the acoustics are always better in the bathtub. Always. I don't understand why bathroom acoustics are better than every other room. I think it's the way that the sound bounces off of the tile. Maybe. It, like, um, reflects it back to you. Mm. So it gives you, like, I don't know, like, bathroom reverb, I guess. I love the reverb. <laughs> but, like, not really. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Just, just give it to me. Because there's no... I realized that I used to karaoke a lot before COVID, but I would still much rather sing in the shower than sing karaoke. Yeah, they need to... <laughs> you know... <laughs> Sorry, I just got a really bad thought in my head. Um, you know karaoke those Karaoke bars that are just showers? Yeah, but then I went one step further than that, and I was like, oh. you know those Japanese love hotels? Uh-huh. Fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> 
my god i will yeah, not fill in the blank everybody fill in your own blank <laughs> <laughs> hey I'll, all i'm saying is that could make a profit that could make a hell of a profit 10 out of 10 i i think your marketing brain is running full speed i like it <laughs> i'm not sure it's running full speed in the right direction though is there ever a wrong direction, though, in the marketing world? Nah, uh, yeah. Profits are profits, man. I mean, that's true. There's no such, what is it, no publicity, like, it, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, 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 I think that's what it is. So, you know who's got some really bad publicity under their belt right now? Who? CD Projekt Red. Oh. Have you seen all the shit going on with Cyberpunk right now? Uh, just the bugs and stuff. So Sony has completely taken it off of their store. Because of the bugs. Uh, because the game is so shit and people were so pissed and wanting refunds that they just took it off of their store completely. Whoa. And even Microsoft is offering full refunds. They're not taking it off of their store. But, you know, they're actually offering full refunds on all of their digital purchases, which is unheard of for Microsoft to do. Because typically... You know how it is. You buy a game digitally. There's no returning that shit, except on Steam. I think you have a 10-hour length of time yeah, that you, you can, can return play. stuff. I think it's like you can play something like a half hour's worth of content. Or, like, I suppose it's, it runs on percentages, because I suppose there are some games that are only a half hour worth of content. But, like... Well, Steam yeah, typically like, has a 10-hour refund time, I think. It's either 2-hour or 10-hour. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah. But Microsoft and Sony were full, just like, oh yeah, you can have refunds if you want it. Then Sony was like, we're just pulling this shit straight off of our store. Because mm. again, it's just that bad. Which it's funny, because the Xbox is having a whole hell of a lot harder time running it than the PlayStation. But Sony's the one that yanks it. I feel like Sony is more like that, though. Like in a company projection, like their image projection, I feel like Sony tries to be a lot cleaner and more put together than microsoft which aims as a more like eh it is what it is kind of vibe mm -hmm. i feel like that that runs back in history for quite a ways because you know with like the old yeah there's quite a lot of old like microsoft stuff that was like is known and is joked about being really bad mm -hmm. whereas sony tries to repress that more whereas microsoft kind of like led to be yeah i can i can see that mm -hmm. i don't know just just a thought yeah, it's uh, that's a lot of bad publicity, though. That's just it like is. a lot of bad shit going on right now. Anyway, I think I saw a report where the devs have lost one, like one billion of the currency that they're in. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, it was delayed three times, right? Uh, it was delayed three times. Yes. Yeah, and then to have such a poor release after three delays, especially considering the last delay already had such bad publicity surrounding it, because they delayed it a month, and mm. right before the release date. Yeah. And then for it to still release... So what do you think happened? Like, what do you think? Do you think it was like a... They just scheduled everything really, really, really badly? Or COVID had a huge impact on them? Or they just bit off more they could chew? I would say COVID probably had a lot to do with it, if I had to mm -hmm. guess from that perspective. Not only did COVID have a lot to do with it, but I would think maybe the publisher was giving them some really strict deadlines. And they mm -hmm. just kept having to push it back, and the publisher was just fine, like, get it out. 
And then now CD Projekt Red might be taking the rap for it. I don't know 100%, but that's those are the main two things I can think of because I know a lot of stories about publishers trying to shove shit out before it's ready. There's been a lot of uh, accounts of that happening. So yeah, I'd well, not just in the video game world. That happens in everything. Yeah, so it's just it's one of those things to where there's probably a lot of factors at play and CD Projekt Red is doing everything they can to rectify that. But it's just it's it's just come back to bite them in the ass for the way the consoles have released the PC version. There's a few bugs here or there, but most of the people that I've spoke about with it have had absolutely zero complaints. Like there haven't been any game breaking glitches. I think Dakota was talking about the main bug he encounters as he'll be driving down the road and then a car that's around him will shoot up 600 feet into the air. It's like at that point, mm-hmm. that's just hilarious. Yeah. So, do you think that they should have done like a like a like a beta release or something on it for console uh, instead of a full release? Well, the thing about it is Sony has no early access program set up. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and Microsoft does, but it's still limited. It's nowhere near the level that PC has. So, I'm not 100% certain what they would need to do for something like that. But again, it's like we talked about a couple weeks ago. There should have been at least some sort of timed exclusive as far as the PC is concerned and then waited until everything was ready. That way, if one of the publishers happy because they're breaking in money off the PC version, they can wait till the fucking, whatever I'm trying to say, the console versions come out because they're losing more revenue because of this than they would have if they had just waited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because, yeah, I feel like even if they had pushed back, I still think a, a month ago they should have claimed uh, COVID set us back. We need to push back another like six months rather than a month. And if they had but, used COVID as an excuse, that probably mm-hmm. would have made it a lot better. Even if it was the publishers, blame it on COVID. And then that could set a lot of wrongs right as far as what you're working on. Yeah. I I think they were pushing for a Christmas release and... I think that was stupid. But again, quarter four every year is peak video game release time. Uh-huh. So to... even though it's stupid, it's it's a really tough call to make. Because if you want to pull that kind of revenue, then you would literally have to wait another year to try to come up with something like that. And I don't know how many people would have been willing to wait another year on the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I understand that, but like to not have a playable game and release that during Christmas season is detrimental. I mean, obviously you can see that via the, via the numbers, mm-hmm. but like now I feel like people are just going to wait until it goes on sale to purchase it because they're curious about it because people have already seen all the playthroughs and stuff online. That's the thing is that like that first release is so important because the content explodes on the internet so quickly that if people want it spoiler free, they have to get it within that short period of time that it first releases. And if it's not playable within that short period of time that it first releases, that makes them more sour to the game, the franchise and the company than it would do if they had to wait a year to play it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's a really tough call to try to make. Again, maybe a PC version release first and then release the console versions later. Mm. Because again, it's an opportunity for the devs to make money. So that way they can pour that money back into the console versions of the game to keep everyone working. Yeah, because that's the thing as well, is that brings into question as to whether or not they had a sustainable enough company 
to be able to push the game back a year because mm. there's a chance that COVID hit them so bad financially that they physically couldn't wait to postpone it again. Mm-hmm. They had to release it. Yeah, so it's <clears throat> it's really tough to say what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. However, okay. I'm still looking forward to getting the game. I really mm. want to sit down and play it. It's just, again, waiting on the right time, I guess, for me to try to get it. I might get it next weekend whenever I have a four-day weekend and play it over Christmas. Mm. I don't know. I'll figure that out later. Yeah. That's for future Brad to figure out. Because I've also got a shit ton of anime to watch. Yeah, that's true. If it were me, I think with the game, if I had the funds to be able to do that, I think I would have postponed it a year and then would have come up with other content to supplement that year with. Not just, like, teaser trailers, because trailers are, like, really overdone, but, like, playable, interactive content that wasn't the full release of the game. Honestly, maybe go back a few builds and then release it as an early access on PC. Mm. And then just kind of slowly update it to a full release. Mm -hmm. Because I know, I think there are a few devs that might actually do that. Again, just to kind of get stuff out there, but for a AAA title like that to do something... Along those lines, that would be, I feel like that'd be a little unprecedented. Yeah, I feel like they should have, I don't know, everyone that pre-ordered it, I feel like they should have given them extra content, given them like a bonus package of like, I don't know, merch or something that's like limited edition to hold them over until they could do a full release. That's what I would have done. Or just a shit ton of in-game exclusives. Yeah, in-game exclusives give them a, like, discount to something else that they're creating, a new project. Give them a, things like a private Skype call, Zoom call, with one of the creators on the show, or one of the, the you know, the devs, one of the, the designers, one of the producers, I don't know. Have them, like, because time is money, obviously, but time is less costly than sending out stuff or giving in-game exclusives to people. So being like, hey, we'll have a group of a thousand of you who pre-ordered the game per session and we'll give you a half hour like private showing or whatever, or we'll send you a video of like behind the scenes stuff that's exclusive to you. Like mm-hmm. Patreon stuff, you know? Yeah. See, I was going to say that I would be, I feel like would warrant the $60 price tag that's on it. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like individual Skype calls, that would be a little bit much. Individual would be too much. Yeah, that would be way too much. Unless you got a collector's edition of the game and then stuff's extremely limited, so that would make a little bit more sense. Yeah, I feel like it should be, like, you know, a group of people meet, like, in on conferences, Mm -hmm. basically. Like, an online convention that's exclusive to people that pre-ordered the game. Yeah, the higher the version of the game you pre-ordered, the more shit you get. Yeah, the more access you have. But while we're... And then released it next Christmas. That's what I did then. Yeah, that that might have worked. But then again, who knows? Well, I feel like that would have been an incentive for more people to pre-order the game, especially if you gave them, like, up until Christmas this year to do it and then have the com- convention in the new year. And it's like, okay, you've gotten to the end of 2020 to sign up for this. Pre-order the game, you're automatically in. Then the convention will start at the beginning of 2021. And once that content is gone, it's gone. Maybe. I mean, you can tell how successful that was from Markiplier and Ethan, I think is his partner's name. Oh yeah, with the the Unisana stuff? Yeah. You can tell how successful that limited edition stuff is. Like, Mm -hmm. this is exclusive content. Just by that. Yeah, it's, it's... Definitely something to think about. Again, it's another situation of hindsight's twenty twenty, and again, who knows what was coming down on them to make them 
do something like that. Yeah, I feel like there's it's definitely finance and probably pressure from execs. Mm, I'd say that probably has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. But however, on the note of mistakes being made, I made a mistake. Oh. So two weeks ago, you and I talked about a little cat girl maid anime. Mm-hmm. And I fucked up a little bit. Okay. So I... It was brought to my attention as to why I was being hounded to watch it and talk about it. Okay. So apparently Tokyo Mew Mew is getting rebooted next year. Yeah. And so that's why I was being relentlessly hounded. Yeah. So new manga already coming out on a regular basis, and then it's getting another anime reboot next year. As far as if it's a true reboot or if it's a continuation, I don't know. However, I'm intrigued because of the art style that the studio does now with Tokyo Ghoul, how that show would translate into current day anime. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge cult classic, so, like, it's a huge childhood nostalgia for a lot of people. I'm interested to see what the reviews are going to be, because reboots of stuff that have, like, that childhood nostalgia for you are, like, hit or miss. Uh, let's take Sailor Moon, for instance. Mm. Sailor Moon Crystal is god-awful. But then you have things like Dragon Ball Super that made Dragon Ball even more popular than it always was. So Mm. it really is a toss-up, but it's also, I guess a lot of it just depends on what kind of material you're working with as the show continues and how well that would translate over. Because a lot of it, especially with Tokyo Mew Mew, will have a lot to do with the audience that they're trying to push it for. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, you don't see a lot of transforming Magical Girl animes nowadays, at least, that I'm familiar with. Yeah, so, I feel like that 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 like concept, that script style, is very dated. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I think it has been enough time to resurrect it with the nostalgia vibe and mm-hmm. bring in a whole new audience of, young, of the younger generation. I just feel like it has to be done correctly, and I'm not entirely sure if a reboot's the right way to do that. I agree with that. Again, unless it's just so drastic, especially with the art style increase, if it's that drastic enough and they do it right, maybe a reboot would be fine. Mm. But again, I am nowhere near caught up on the original series to give a my full thoughts on that, nor do I have any earthly idea of what's going on in the manga right now to have any sort of insight on that. However, I have watched a few more episodes, and so far, okay. I've, I'm enjoying it more. It's growing mm-hmm. on me a little bit. Yeah. But that's mainly because the characters are being flashed out. But again, my biggest takeaway with it so far is I'm now realizing why those shows were probably extremely popular, but also could potentially have a lower budget. Than a lot mm-hmm. of other shows going on around that time, because those transformation scenes, and especially as they add more characters, means more transformation scenes, which means less they have to animate, because they can just keep reusing the same animations. <laughs> yeah. And I'm. this is slowly dawning on me the more I watch this, and now every time I see it, I'm like, they're, they're literally just wasting time. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And I get it, it's cool, the transformation sequences are nifty and they're all individual to the characters, but the longer the show goes on and the more they repeat it, the more I'm just going to sit there and be like, why? Why? But as long as the narrative and everything keeps going well, I I shouldn't have a problem with it. Like I said, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it. I can't I can't really sit here and complain too awful much. But it's just little it's just little nitpicky things that I notice as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like I get that. 
Mm. We've we've elevated our like criticalness <laughs> of animation uh, and animes and and content in general so much since the beginning of of the year that it's hard to like look at something that you're just watching because I mean you're just watching Tokyo Movie casually we're not really discussing it on the podcast mm. but it's hard to like watch stuff and not be like ah see I know what they did there mm. yeah it's things are definitely a lot more pronounced now just because of the way we cover things on the podcast yeah we're ruining content for our own selves well no because i'm watching tony kawa with my full uh, with my full brain intact mm. yeah i do feel like it makes you appreciate good content a lot more yes like good it makes comedy i lose my mind over because mm-hmm. it just means yeah. it's that much better now i guess technically yeah. Because it also makes you wonder how much more would you how much more would you enjoy stuff if we hadn't done this, or how much less would we enjoy something just because of this? I feel like we would enjoy crappy stuff more, but we wouldn't understand and therefore appreciate good stuff as much, and so we would still like it, but we wouldn't understand like the the work and stuff that went into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like yeah, okay, we've kind of like chopped off the bottom, like we don't we can't sit through animes that we previously would have sat through because we notice things that now bug us. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but now when we see really, really good content, we can understand it, appreciate it, and then love it so much more than we would have ever thought ourselves capable of before because we just didn't have any knowledge mm-hmm. in it. Because I also feel like I'm slowly getting more and more picky about what I schedule for us as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I still like to throw a few curveballs in there to keep things spicy well we have to considering how well tadaka-kun did and the fact that i just googled it and we just went with it uh, yeah yeah that's that's also a thing yep sometimes you just gotta throw in a rando hey curveballs are nice every now and then because mm. sometimes you hit a home run with those curveballs just like just like we managed to pull off with that one yep speaking of which major season two is apparently doing really really like major season two i think major two season two is doing really well, I think. I think it just came back from its COVID hiatus, so it's yeah, it's excelling. Mm-hmm. I so, remember seeing a thing pop up on, on Crunchyroll being like, hey, 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 you've watched all of the episodes of the original Major. Do you want to watch Major 2? I was like, oh, you've seen the first season of Major 2? You want to watch the second? And yeah, so Crunchyroll is bugging me about it. I mean, I would be tempted if they would just put the first fucking Major on there so I could watch it. I think there's a couple hundred episodes. I know, but you ask me to just watch the first and it's I do, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I want you to watch at least the first the first episode, but I think the first two episodes. But I, yeah, the, the yeah, I think I'm gonna say the first episode, but there might be something else that happens in the second episode if I remember correctly. But like the first two episodes are like, uh, I am I am intrigued by it. But again, mm-hmm. baseball is just a sport that's near and dear to my heart, so I'm always I'm always a game to watch sports animes about it, mm-hmm. which is why and then Major Two is following his kid. Yeah. Yeah. The big wind up season two. I've got that scheduled for next year. So. Yeah. And then there's. Did we do Diamond No Ace? Is that one of the ones that we covered or is that one of the ones that I just watched? Uh, I think you just watched it. We have not covered it. I just it. watched. Yeah. There's Diamond No Ace as well. There's a baseball one. There's. There's quite a few. Baseball's really popular in Japan. It is. I feel like baseball and basketball are the two biggest sports anime genres that they have. I'm trying to think if there's another. I feel like basketball is really big in my head because of Kuroko, because there's so many episodes of Kuroko, but there are other basketball animes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baseball, basketball, and I think. But they like to do obscure sports as well. Yeah. 
But speaking of sports anime. Oh, football, soccer. Yeah. There's like a bunch of those. Speaking of soccer, I do have one piece of news for this week's episode. Oh. Farewell, my dear Kramer. Kramer? Whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, it has a new trailer out. Ooh, that's the new one that's coming out, right? Yes, by the creators of Your Line April. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I'm so excited. And that's releasing at the beginning of this year? At the beginning, yeah, of next year? April 1st, the film is releasing. Okay, interesting. So I need it. I need it in my veins. I'm ready to cry my eyes out. Also, there's a clip from the trailer that I watched and I was immediately like, uh, definitely the, (laughs) it has to be in the fucking Your Line April universe. Okay. Because look at this photo I am about to send you now and tell me that is not fucking Watery. (laughs) Looks like it. Is that? Like, not a dead ringer. <laughs> I saw he that. He played and I was football like, as well, didn't he? He did. He was on the team. Yeah, and this is a football anime. So do you think they are connected? Looking at that, it's a really good shout. But I have no earthly idea until I actually sit down and watch it. Because if it's yeah. just like little cameo appearances like Makoto Shinkai likes to do with all of his stuff, I'm A-OK with that. But We specifically said when we were reviewing Yola in April, though, if I remember correctly, that we wanted specific content on Watari. Yes, like a Watari like a OVA. OVA. Yeah, just following him so, specifically, but this is not following him. Mm-hmm. So but like this said, might be the, cameo, the bonus content that we wanted. Maybe. If he's on the rival team, I mean... I'm game. I, yeah, I'm... <laughs> it is a game. That is, yeah, that's how that sport works. Uh, hey man, no game, no life. No game, no life. <laughs> okay, is that it for the news? <laughs> that's literally all. Uh, that's all I cared about for news, really. I didn't because we're recording this a week in advance. I didn't even give a shit about news. But that trailer released right after we recorded the last episode, so I was like, "Fuck!" Next episode. Mm, I want to check that out. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that makes sense. So if you guys want a full news of what happened over the Christmas break, you're gonna have to wait until not next episode but the episode after that where we'll finally be back on schedule with stuff because next episode is also going to be pre-recorded yeah second second episode of january you'll have news again news again but now that we've Uh, rambled for a fucking hour yeah we do that (laughs) honestly let's get into the tier list it's probably my favorite part about it (laughs) yeah I feel like it's a lot of people's favorite part about the podcast. Let us know what you want more of the podcast. You want more rambling? Because we edit a lot of this out. Like, I don't think you guys realize how much bullshit we edit out of these podcasts. No joke. Probably about an hour an episode I end up cutting out. Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) It is. So you'll have to let us know. What your favorite part of the the episodes are, if it is the rambly bullshit, if it is the more structured talking stuff, like, let us know so we can shape our editing through around that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, because if you say nothing, I will keep editing it all out. (laughs) I'm in charge (laughs) of all- If you say nothing, I'll edit the whole podcast and it'll just be mute for an hour and a half. You know, I wonder how well that would do. (laughs) Silent audio for an hour and a half. (laughs) I mean, hey, they used to have films like that. What about a silent podcast? Yeah. <gasps> no, but the difference between a film and a podcast is that there's visuals to a film, you dip. Hey, okay, let's do a spinoff podcast where it's all silent and we'll call it a silent voice. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I need to put that on the schedule for next year because I need to cry. Yeah, you do all the 
the crying stuff. Uh, this this one will definitely get you to break too. You have my word. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we talked about Gun Frontier. We talked about the fact that uh, it is a cult classic made by a person, a group of people, an animation studio that a lot of people really love. But the fact that it's not our favorite. And specifically because we watched Gun Frontier out of context with everything else. But also Gun Frontier has some very questionable moments throughout it. And there are so many freaking dead horses. Every episode, at least one horse dies. Yeah. And the jokes kind of get old. I think that's a thing as well. It's, it's like... It's slapstick comedy, but it's the same joke over and over, over, and over, and over, and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know. There's only, but- only so many times you can hear, like... Oh, they got shot. They're dead now. Ha ha. <laughs> so, you know? you know what pun or joke or whatever the fuck you want to call it's really fitting for this? What? How many times can you beat a dead horse? I was literally, that was going through my brain as well. So I'm glad <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. So as for our honorable secret mention of being at the very bottom of the fucking list, Gun Frontier. <laughs> Gun Frontier. It is number 37. Uh, the worst anime we have reviewed this year. 36. In the sense that we just, we couldn't bring ourselves to finish it to actually record the episode because we were just so done. Yeah, I, I could not. I hated it so much. Yeah, I don't know. You see, same. Like, I, I enjoy breakfast food, but I'm too lazy to cook it. And I have a really bad habit of going to bed at like five o'clock right now and then waking up right before I'm supposed to go to work. Mm-hmm. So it's literally. I feel like if I cook food, I get hungrier. I feel like it's the preparation and anticipation that makes my appetite kick in. And you see, I'm the same way. Most people, whenever they cook, they lose their appetite. Mm. But for yeah. me, I feel like my appetite builds whenever I cook. Yeah, same. That's why I try and cook on a fairly regular basis because I feel like that's when I get like the most meals in. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, that's depressing. Let's move on. <laughs> So, we know what 37 is, let's move on to 36. And I don't feel like these bottom few- I feel like there's one, actually, that will probably surprise you for how low we've rated it. But I feel like the the rest of them we've ranted about pretty consistently throughout the rest of our episodes. So I feel like they're gonna- like, they're not- you're not gonna be too surprised about. But there's one of them that I feel like you would think- would be higher and Bride would have put another one lower, but we actually agreed on these pretty unanimously. There were little bits here or there that I've been mulling over in my head the past couple of days. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I think we're being too harsh, especially at towards the top of the list. Mm-hmm. But the top uh, of the list is so hard to rank though. Yeah, we our top 10 to 15 was a lot harder to do than the bottom 10 to 15. 100%. And I feel like our top 10 to 15, the things that change different things as well, are just like the amount of shows that we had in one specific genre means that we lean towards something that is of a different genre, ranking it higher on this specific list because it's different. Whereas if you actually compare them anime to anime, it might not hold up. But because of the fact that we did like multiples of the other genre, it feels kind of overdone in this specific list, you know? Yeah. So I feel like the way that we have them ranked now, if we came back and like added in 10 more animes, they probably wouldn't stay in the same ranking. Probably not. The top would probably stay close to the same. Mm-hmm. But it's slowly gonna, the rest of it is gonna kind of, it's all up for debate. Yeah, 100%. And so this is just. Some, 
that Blue and I kind of gave each other on. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, there's a couple of them are like, mm, I disagree, but like I don't disagree enough to like kick my heels in. Yeah, it's not like the actual last episode where we fought tooth and nail for what we thought deserved to win. <laughs> no, it's just yeah. like, uh, you can have this one, I'll get another one later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Our right. actual number 35, mm-hmm. as far as the actual bottom of our list, and the only reason I'm correcting it at 35 is because technically our numbering is wrong. We only covered 35, technically 36 if you count Gun Frontier. Why? Why? Huh? Because the number one row is the column naming. Oh, that's true. Aha! <laughs> Honestly, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just let you keep going. And finally, number two. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but Daily Lives of High School Boys and Are You Lost, we have put in the same category, the same ranking, because we covered them in the same episode, although they are two different <clears throat> animes. And in yeah. my opinion, they rank very differently from each other. Funny you say that, because for me, I still would rather rank them together and would still rank them together. Really? Yes. Because I would put Daily Lives of High School Boys... Higher up than Are You Lost? See, I wouldn't. Because although The Daily Lives of High School Boys was funny, Are You Lost was equally as charming with its humor and also the crayon chibi drawing for the ED. Oh, that's true. And we do gif both of them, I feel like, an equal amount to each other. Yes, that's... And that that definitely does... That definitely does take... Like, this is the thing as well, is that with this specific list... A lot of it that has to come into play with this list for us is how much we took a shine to the show, not necessarily how much we critically like the show or how much we think it ranks. It's things like how many jokes we send to each other about the show, how much we talk about the show that has affected the ranking of this this list because it's not just on how well it's animated, how well it's directed, how well the sound is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it- much, it's more of a personal list than that. Yeah. Anyway, for me, the bottom one. The uh, this one is a this one I feel like is one that I heavily influenced as to being as low as it was. Because we all know what I wanted on the bottom of this list and I still fucking think it belongs here, but we'll get there here in a minute. Oh, <laughs> well, I feel like there was I I feel like there's one that you ranked lower than the one that you're thinking of that I wouldn't have ranked as low. Oh. I thought that you would have put in the wrong place. Like, I... But I don't know. Okay, we'll get to it in a second. So, number 35, My Little Monster. I don't think that that's a surprise from me. Now, you because see, it's creepy. I, I know what you really wanted to put at the bottom of the list. Uh, yeah. I, purely on an emotional basis, yes, it would be down there with this one. But, but I cannot deny Violet Evergarden's beauty and costume design, character design animation style, that kind of stuff, it does affect it. I mean, I know I was saying that this isn't isn't based solely on that, but it is. that is an element to it. You know, it's half personal, half quality. And you can't deny Evergarden's quality of a show. Yeah. My Little Monster is same level of creepy. Not because it's to do with child predators, <laughs> but because it's targeted to a teen audience and exposing an incredibly unhealthy relationship and romanticizing it. That's why I consider it creepy from the executive's point of view, as opposed to from the character's point of view. Mm. So yeah, deserves to be on the bottom for me. And also, I didn't like the character design. Her freaking skinny pigtails piss me off. Uh, agreed. But Chicken is best boy. Chicken is best boy. 
Honestly, we should have put the fucking chicken in the running. Damn it. Mm. Didn't even think of that dumb chicken. Uh, I did not either. But yeah, character design I thought was not great. The character, the, it, it, uh, not good healthy relationships. No, definitely not. No. We, we will get to more healthy relationships later on. We will. However, continuing on the trend of not healthy relationships, but slightly... More forgivable? Yeah, slightly. Number 34, A Whisker Away. Yeah, see, I thought that you would have put our next one below A Whisker Away. I would have put our next one at the very bottom of this fucking list. I'm okay with switching the next one and, and A Whisker Away. You see, I I figured it would... I figured you personally would rather have A Whisker Away lower than Dive. That's why I left it this way. Mm-hmm. Dive's not creepy. A Whisker Away is creepy. But A Whisker Away is more forgivable because they're ch- more ch- child... It's, it's more children, but again, it's the same level of, like, a bunch of people that are clearly adults, that are actual adults, in a boardroom, sat around and decided that it was a good idea to be creepy towards children. Although, I think these are both based on manga, so that was then an author, sat around in a room, still an adult, decided that creeping on children, children creeping on other children, is a good idea to promote to children. That's the biggest thing, is, like, if it was, like, children creeping on children that is aimed at an adult audience that is meant to be, like, weird and uncomfortable, that's a whole different story than children creeping on children that is romanticized, targeted at children to then promote idea to those in their minds to think that that's normal behavior and acceptable in daily life that will get them in trouble. That's my big issue. Yeah, but, yeah, now... <sighs> Animation style is better in a whisker away, though. Definitely. A whisker mm-hmm. away has some phenomenal animating on it yeah the cat adorable but my that biggest or our biggest issue with a whisker cool. away what the tree thing the tree world oh the tree world was cool as shit yeah it's really freaking cool but again it's like we talked about in that episode had the gender roles been reversed this mm-hmm. film never would have made it out of fucking planning yeah so i i feel like that's another reason why it's okay to put it below dive although i still hate dive with a fucking passion but that's, yeah, that's the thing is, like, Dive had a not-so-great story. The animation was very simple. Mm-hmm. A Whisker Away had a decent plot line, creepy ideals, but really good animation. Mm-hmm. So, like, which one do you put above the other? Because they're kind of, I mean, obviously one's creepy, so I'm going to rank it lower in my head. Mm-hmm. But I thought, that you, I know you want to put Dive at the bottom, so I would have been fine with you swapping. <laughs> but, like, yeah, in my head, a whisker away is below because it's creepy. Yeah. But, like, if you're comparing them apples to apples and you take out the emotional, like, element that I have because, like, I know I'm emotionally, like, influenced, it, 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 you, like, how do you say which one's worse than the other, you know? Mm-hmm. But now, you've already guessed it. Number 34, Dive. Diving anime, simple story, shitty ending. Very subpar animation. It does not anywhere near compare with the likes of Free. And honestly, I preferred Big Windup over this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, down. I in my mind, I still haven't checked into this. In my mind, I feel like Dive was a promotion for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics that never actually happened and are now supposedly happening in 2021, but that's debatable. Also, did you hear that Russia has been banned from all like competitive events? I have not. Yeah, until, I don't know when, but yeah, I think it's until the next Winter Olympics. Huh, 
So they're not going to be competing at this at this Olympics if it even happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna do research into this and get back to you by the time we actually record the next episode. Mm. I think the next Winter Olympics is in Beijing. Uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So number thirty three, Dead Man Wonderland. Yeah, this is gonna, I feel like this is gonna ring some frustration bells for a lot of people, because Demo Wonderland is very much loved by a lot of people, and I completely understand why. It's just, it had so much unforgivable for me, especially those last three episodes. I'm not gonna sit here and rant and rave about it, but because of how much that left me soured, because of the way the storytelling and everything else took place, if... It wasn't spoiled for me that they took the whole timeline from the manga and just smooshed it all together and threw it all out of whack. I probably would have been able to forgive this a little bit more. But because of that and also the just animation style going from, you know, I'd give it a A- minus to literally dropping to the fucking D-. minus. Mm-hmm. I I can't. It's unforgivable. Definitely belongs to number 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, for me, the biggest points. I didn't notice the animation style. I think it's pretty obvious to you guys that I don't notice bad animation. I notice good animation. I don't notice bad animation. I just block it out of my brain. It doesn't, doesn't <laughs> register. Um, but I do get really, really frustrated with that ending. It reminds me of one of my least favorite horror movies of all times, The Cube, because of how that ended and how Dead Man, won and, uh, Dead Man Wonderland and I cannot speak. Dead Man Wonderland ended. It's very frustrating. I think, though, I mean, there are some redeeming qualities to it. Some of the most unique character design that is still holds up to this day. And, like, if you saw someone cosplaying, you would immediately recognize them. Which, yeah, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. that's a positive. But some jokes that just kind of fell flat. Some parts where you're expecting it to be gritty and really scary and, like, horrifying that just didn't affect me as much as other animes have. Especially considering that we were, when we were watching this, we were watching it surrounded by a bunch of other thriller, horror, emotionally devastating animes, and this just didn't hold up in comparison. Agreed. Next. The one that I rant and rave about the most. (laughs) The one that pisses me off to the end of the day is one that's already been brought up in this conversation. Violet Evergarden. You know why I don't like it. I know why you don't like it. I can agree as to why you don't like it. However, I beg to differ that it does not belong this close to the fucking bottom. (laughs) I, if I'm going purely off of a technical standpoint, I agree. I'm going off an emotional standpoint. I don't even want to put it on the list. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking hot topic for debate. Between you and I, but also just in general, because it does have a lot of shit going on with it that is unforgivable by all standards and meaning. Mm-hmm. However, it's, can we really fault Kyoto Animation for telling the story that the manga was written about for, you know... <sighs> I don't fault Kyoto Animation for telling the story the way that it was written. I do fault Kyoto Animation for choosing this story over the countless other fantastic manga out there that would have been a fantastic replacement if they'd spent their time wisely on it, you know? I feel like there are other things in this genre, in this vein, because it's not the the basic concept of it. A badass young military woman in a Victorian, uh, kind of World War II, I suppose, like early 
hundreds, late 1800s, I guess, I'm not entirely sure of the time zone that they're going for, kind of cyberpunky technology era. How many manga are left for that? Thousands. Mecha Mecha Fun like. Time. Yeah. So I feel like there's so many that they could have chosen that would have been just as good. They maybe they would have had a not been as unique with like the typewriting element to it, but they might have had another different unique element that I feel like Kyoto Animation could have taken. I can't forgive the ten year old meeting a twenty year old and then three years later marrying them. Like that's could they have just not skipped that episode, like that arc? Could they have just decided, oh, we're going to not include those chapters? Could we, let's just treat episode four like the last nine episodes of Darling in the Bronx. Yeah, they don't happen. Doesn't exist. Yeah, if, doesn't if, exist. if you take out that episode, then the ranking goes up dramatically. Oh yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. If you get rid of that one aspect, Violet Evergarden, hands down, would have been in our top ten. Yeah. Probably top five, just because of how fucking beautiful, beautiful it is. The costume and design. I I look at her, I look at Violet, and I think I want to cosplay that. I'm going to figure out how to do those hands, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's really rare for me to have that, like, immediate reaction to a character to be like, I want to cosplay. But I, I, I won't, and I can't, because I can't mm-hmm. get over it. I know, I, I wholeheartedly stand behind that. It's, mm-hmm. it's just... Anyway... That one episode tarnishes it. It does. Now, coming in at number 30. Might be slightly surprising, or you probably don't even know this one fucking exists. Wise Man's Grandchild. Yeah, this is one of the earliest ones that we covered. It is an isekai, and it is very forgettable. It is 100% forgettable. Honestly, I forget we cover this until I'm going through and looking up statistics and i'm like oh yeah that was a thing because out of all the isekais that i've watched in my time it's just i would much rather watch so many others mm-hmm. yeah agreed i feel like it was a, a an anime that was designed to set up for a next chapter like for a season two season two never came i feel like that's that's kind of what it was it didn't give you anything like the villain and main ideas and everything like that is being set up for a season two leaves you on a huge cliffhanger and you're suspecting everything, and then you never get that. And it's just like, build up, build up, build up, character development, romance, nothing else. So mm-hmm. yeah, it ends up being quite forgettable. Yeah. So, who knows, it's still relatively new, so we may end up getting, uh, we may end up getting more in the future, but who's, who's to say? Yeah, if there is a season two, if season two comes out, I would be very interested in covering it, specifically because I feel like there was so much set up and the animation was decent, the character development was decent. Yeah, main character was really OP, but like that was also kind of appealing in the show. Like it was done in a humorous way. And I feel like finding out that he isn't isn't necessarily as OP as he thinks he is, or that he is just continuously incredibly OP and defeats the villain and goes for a One Punch Man vibe. Either or, I feel like it could be decent. I don't think it'll ever be, like, you know, yeah. re-zero level of Isekai, but I do feel like it could elevate where it is. Uh, I can I can agree with that. But yeah, for season one, it's forgettable. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Not good, either. And the next one's kind of along similar wavelengths as well. And I'm coming in at number 29. We have Ride Your Wave. Something interesting about Ride Your Wave, I don't know if we actually mentioned it in a previous episode of the podcast or if we just talked about it off recording, 
But there was one scene in Ride Your Wave that we were talking about. It's a movie. Where Brad said the animation was like okay throughout all of it, but then there was one specific scene that he said the animation for that scene was incredible. Why did they not do the rest of the movie like that animation? Brad, do you want to tell me what that animation actually was? It was a still from an actual coffee shop that they traced over. Yeah, it was stock footage of a coffee shop that they then went and uh, animated. That's why it was so good, because it was real. (laughs) But outside of that, if you like sappy Disney-esque type films that have a somewhat forgettable storyline, but the animation style on it is actually incredibly unique. It's one of the most unique animation styles that we have covered, and in fact, we will be covering that studio's probably biggest title they've ever come out with a little bit later this year in Devilman Crybaby. Mm-hmm. But we... It's art style is unique. If you need a rainy day film for like a date night or something like that, if you want to watch something sappy and unique, give it a watch. It Again, it's not bad. It's not that good. It's decent. Yeah, and I feel like um, I remember us saying that the movie was kind of over by the time that we thought it had started. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole plot kind of happens in the first, like, half hour of the movie, and the rest of it is just, like, extra. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it, though, but I feel like I remember us saying that. Coming up next in number 28, the first of, no, the second of our sports animes. Technically the first. We don't we don't count the fucking other one. Count. Fuck that. We don't count dive. Yeah, so next we have a big wind-up. Baseball! Baseball, yeah. So a couple of criticisms we had of Big Wind-Up were the repetitive use of the exact same scenes. So, like, clapping in the audience was just used the same clip. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else was... Bird face. Bird face. Yeah, unique faces, that was one thing. It's good, it's decent, it's not my favorite baseball anime. Thoughts, Uh, feelings? uh, Uh, meh. Meh. Like, it was funny. It has it has charm to it. It's definitely better than what we've covered up to this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I look forward to covering season two later this season year. Season two, I remember to see being better. Goes. Then I I look forward to that. Yeah. Again, I think it's one of those ones where the first season counts, kind of like setup. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not the first season isn't where the real story happens. Mm. Yeah, I mm, I agree. They just gave it a lot of setup. But there was nothing really after that. So if season two continues on from it and gives us more, I'm game. Yeah. Coming up at number 27, Darling in the Bronx. Yeah. So I think you guys... I hate putting this one this low. But again, it's just... If it were just episodes one through 15, hands down, Darling in the Bronx, top 10. But they ruin it. Yeah, those last two episodes are a fever dream. Yeah, it was... I felt like I took drugs. Yeah. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Except it's zero two in space as a giant spaceship. But don't don't get me wrong, though. I It's still just nostalgia trips anytime I hear darling. It's, yeah, it's, I it's feel like it's things. one of those ones that it's very memorable because of how weird it is. Not just, mm-hmm. like, in the ending, but, like, the rest of the show as well has a very unusual element to it in a storyline that I feel like is quite common throughout anime, which makes it stand out in a in a oversaturated genre. So that's those are all good things. I just feel like the ending does really put a spoiler on it, and that is probably vastly personal taste for Brad and I. 
as opposed yeah, to like I know there's a lot of people that actually enjoyed the ending. I one of my best friends really enjoyed the ending, and he did his absolute best to try to convince me that it was good. Mm-hmm. But it's. I feel like they rushed it. They could have done so much more with it. Why the fuck did they have to go with aliens whenever they're already dealing with a fucking mecha dinosaur queen on mm-hmm. the planet as it is? It's just, uh, it just, it, uh. Yeah, I really, yeah, I feel like it was just one of those things that Brad and I just have that. Brad and I are both kind of these people, though. We're both these people that, like, we like stories to feel slower i feel like well i'm fine with a fast-paced story give me a fast-paced story if it makes sense Mm. do not rush a storyline especially something that is important as those last nine episodes are supposed to be yeah i yeah i don't know it's hard to explain because it's like in some cases you like a fast-paced story but i think it's yeah i think it's just what it is it's like the transition between arcs needs to be there and Mm. i feel like the transition in this there wasn't really one. It was just like, and then, and then, and then. Mm-hmm. And, and the first up... episodes one through 15, it did a phenomenal job with the pacing. Yeah. Again, I, and the way episode 15 ends, it could have been the end of a season. In yeah. fact, I wish they had ended it there because if they had 10 out of 10, because I'm, again, we all know this at this point. I'm a fucking hopeless romantic. I love a good love story. I love the character development between Hiro and Zero Two. It's just, there's so much to love about it mm-hmm. and they just kill it for me. And again, happy ending, blah, 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 reincarnation, giant mecha robot with boobs, all that fun stuff. But it's just, it ruins a lot. You know what it feels like? It feels like it's a modern anime that then for the last nine episodes, they got a director from the 90s to do. I can agree with that. Or it was like you had a director from the 90s that lost his fucking mind there at the end. Yeah. Because again, giant mecha Gundams with boobs. Yeah. It just fell out of place. Shitty plot. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense the way they decided to start telling the story, but it has incredibly unique camera cuts and scenes if you Mm -hmm. want something that has incredibly unique visuals give it a watch yeah unique visuals some difficult concepts to talk about some like realistic childhood isolation trauma yeah agree like the first yeah like the first section of that show is really it's like one of those documentaries that you like watch from a experiment that someone in russia did in the late 1800s where they took a group of kids and stuck them in a house together and no one ever touched them. You know, it's like that, Mm -hmm. but anime. And that's really good. And then the rest is like, well, I mean, it's not good. It's horrible. But, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And then moving on from Darling in the Bronx to number 26, which I, I'm really pissed that this one is below number 25, but you and I debated on this and I gave it to you. Yeah, you gave me this one. (laughs) But number 26, K-Own. There's, there's just so much to love about the show, even though it is all over the place and doesn't necessarily focus on music like a music anime should. It is definitely Kyoto Animation, 100%. It was unique for Kyoto Animation with its style of animation on the characters, but it definitely shined in points on the characters. But the animation really shined on the instruments. Yeah, I feel like the animation on the instruments was great. I really liked the performances when they were when they had them. 
But mm. I just, because we are counting K-On as a whole, season one and season two, and the fact that there were so many episodes, and I still feel like we kind of got nowhere with the plot line. And I don't know, it's not that I hated it, because I absolutely didn't hate it. It's just that when you get this, like when you're ranking things, how much you enjoy watching them takes into like a huge consideration to me. And I zoned out so much more throughout K-On than I did throughout number 25. Well, you see, I zoned out a lot more during number 25 than I did K-On. Yeah. But again, that's a difference in taste. Like, I would much rather watch a slice of life, adorable uh, music anime than watch a sports anime. And I feel like you're the complete opposite of that. Yeah. It also doesn't help that K-On had so many more episodes than than Cheer Boys, which is what's next in number 25. Spoiler alert. Cheer Boys is only 12 episodes, and so it was a lot more of a, yeah, you just kind of watch it more casually, and because we binge watch these as well, usually the day before we record or the day of we record, it feels like you're absorbing a whole lot of content, and it can get very tiring very quickly. K-On! I found very tiring, purely because there was so much more content that I had to watch. I feel like if maybe I had watched it casually, and taken a couple weeks to watch through seasons one and season two, I would have enjoyed it more. But because I binge-watched it, and I binge-watched Cheer Boys, Cheer Boys survives because it's not as, like, I'm not drowning in content, you know? Well, hang on, let me let me throw a point at you really quick. Mm-hmm. How far out do I have the schedule made? I know, that's my fault. But you do it too, so... You're right, I do do it too, and yet I'm not harsh on stuff because of it. I'm trying not to be, but I, I just remember, like, zoning just, out and, like, not in, not having a good time watching K-On. I'm, I'm just giving you shit, though. Yeah. But I feel like your feelings on the first core of season two is what's really dragging on you at this point. Because you really yeah. enjoyed season one, and then you really enjoyed the second half of season two, but your feelings for the first half, I feel like, is what's dragging it down a bit. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, but because I don't have any negative feelings towards any section of Cheer Boys, it makes it so that K-On can't rank, you know? I just felt like Cheer Boys was a lot more predictable for me, and that's why I would put oh, it, it lower. Is. Yeah, it's predictable, not... it's cheesy, it's like not well thought out, and the plot's not great, but that's why I love it. But it is, it is cheerleading, it is a good storyline, it is fun. The soundtrack on it is decent, so I I do think it belongs similar to where it's at. I would just rank it below K on. Yeah. But they're both I've... they're both really good. I can't complain where they're at. Again, uh we'll, well just a... have to agree to disagree with placement. Yeah, it's like between number twenty six and number twenty five, the it it gets really hard when you're at this point. It's like I just wanna could you flip them? Could you not? But it's not like they're going to go like up 10 spots or down 10 spots. There are, yeah. they both are at number 25, 26. It's just whether you put them in which spot. And just like number 24 and 23, you could very easily swap either one of these and be totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. Because coming in at number 24, you have Liz and the Bluebird. And then coming in at number 23, you have Fuka. Yeah, Liz and the Bluebird to me is less memorable than Fuka, but it might also just be for the fact that I did then go and read the Fuka manga, but that also ranks Fuka higher for me, because I wanted more Fuka content than I did mm -hmm. Liz and the Bluebird. 
You see, Liz and the Bluebird is a spinoff of Sound Euphonium. Again, a Kyoto animation title that is absolutely wonderful, but it's definitely more music-based. So mm-hmm. we will have to cover the first season of Sound Euphonium at some point because I think you will love it. Yeah, However, I'm down for that. With the case of Fuka, Fuka will always hold a place in my heart because Fuka is the first manga that I ever completed from start to finish. I found out about Fuka whenever it was coming out week to week. And as I, after I completed the 12th episode, I was like, huh, I wonder if there's a manga. And then I Googled the manga and spoiler alert, Fuka dies in the manga. Whereas in the actual anime itself, it's a very happy-go-lucky ending of Fuka and you get together, all that fun stuff. But yeah, the Fuka manga, it's just, it's phenomenal. It has a beautiful story and if i had it my way and blue had actually finished the fuka manga i feel like it would have ranked a lot higher in this list yeah this is where you get to the point though where you start like ranking them and you start thinking because even when you say a lot higher like i don't feel like it would go more than five spots i disagree i'd probably bump it up seven really i do because i feel and don't No one take this out of context, because I am one of the biggest Studio Chibli lovers on the planet. But I feel like some of our placements on the Studio Chibli films throughout this list were a little bit more out of, not necessarily pity, but like, oh, we should throw in a Chibli film here at some point. Yeah, respect for the studio. Because, again, a lot of this is personal feelings, but also a lot of it is accomplishment. But I feel like it's more personal feeling than accomplishment. For just our yeah. overall rankings. I am taking into account rewatchability here, and I don't think I'm going to watch rewatch Fuka, though. Well, again. But then <laughs> I would definitely rank it up... <clears throat> you go ahead. Three, maybe? The If we're going solely off the anime, <clears throat> it belongs right where it's at. But because yeah. we covered both the anime and the manga for the episode, which we were supposed to cover the full manga, but that's besides the point... With, if the manga had been included, I think you would have agreed with me in where it should have sat. But going solely off the anime, it belongs where it does. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And because this is an anime ranking, yeah. I feel like we should go through and um, at some point, maybe next year, maybe next year for the end of year wrap up, we'll do three of these. And we'll do a manga ranking of um, all of just the casual manga that we have been talking about and reading and getting each other to read throughout 2021. Because I want to up my manga reading, and I, I know you do as well. I read a decent amount of manga in my spare time, whenever I actually have spare mm. time. So I, I'm i totally yeah. down for that. But again, I just feel like yeah. because that Fuka episode covered both, I feel like it should sit higher, just for one where you are at. But also, if we're just going solely off of the anime, as much as it pains me to put it there, it's fine where it's at. Yeah, I, I think we should go solely off of the anime purely because this is anime rankings, but we can definitely revisit revisit this if we do a manga ranking. Uh, I know you're grumbling. Uh, number 22, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Yeah, so I'm actually surprised that you ranked it this low. I feel like at this point, we were i feel like we forgot about it honestly yeah and again it's the film itself it has nothing to do with the rest of my hero academia it's not considered canon it is just on its own a just 
OVA that's a film. Yeah. And it's a great film, don't get me wrong. The animation budget on that fight scene was probably higher than any other, or probably a lot of the animes that we covered this year. Mm-hmm. But it's just... Again, we forgot about it up to this point, so I think that says it kind of belongs where it's at. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, because we started from our favorites and went to the bottom. We started from number one and went down. And I feel like um, if we forgot about stuff and because of that it ranked lower, I agree. It proves that it should be where it is because, like, the, the ones that we put at the top are so memorable to us that we, we never would have forgotten about them. Again, I don't know. I feel like top 15, maybe, that's debatable. Because I do believe there's one sitting at number 12 that deserves to be top 10. But again, that's my personal opinion, and this is both of us. Hmm, number 12, why would I then put that? Because if you want my opinion, I... I would take number 12 and swap it with number 7. Agreed, actually. Shall we? That's what I was going to say. Shall we do that really quick? Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Because I was looking at number 10 and I was thinking, which one doesn't belong? And it is that one. And don't, we'll, we'll get to it whenever it comes we'll time. To it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with but, that. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of all I have to say about Heroes Rising. It is, without a doubt, a great film if you want something that you can watch just to get a good, feel-good, kick-ass anime film that's just my hero related go for it it has a phenomenal story i kind of like how they retcon the ending a little bit to make it a little bit better but it 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 just belongs where it does if you enjoy my hero academia and you haven't seen the film go watch it it's great it's worth renting for like four bucks or five bucks or whatever it is just give it a watch Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun but whenever we actually get to my hero academia i look forward to that yeah, I, I do feel like my hero, the Heroes Rising film doesn't rank to the rest of My Hero Academia in general, but it is a good standalone film. It's not canon, as Brad previously said, and it I feel like it would if you didn't, uh, I don't know, I feel like you could watch it without knowing much about the series. Yeah, if you haven't watched My Hero, you can still watch that film and it'll be fine. And in fact, it would probably yeah. give you a better appreciation for the show itself if you decided to watch it, because it gives you an idea of what the show can be. Because My Hero first season, I feel like I'm a little bit more jaded now, because I've watched the first season so many times, because I've gotten so many people into anime with it, to mm-hmm. where my thoughts on it are really jaded, but Deku's a whiny little bitch. So it yeah. shows you that Deku can actually be a badass without just kind of killing everything. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Number 21, my favorite sports anime of the year, Free. Was it really? It was. I would rank this one higher than All Out, in my opinion. Hmm. And honestly, I'm surprised that it's where it's at as well, just because of that note. Because I figured you too would have it higher than All Out. I I don't know if I'd have it higher than All Out. I have a a squishy thing for All Out. Mm -hmm. I think probably purely because of Sekizan. He's one of my favorite characters in sports anime in general. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe that's swaying my opinion a little bit. Mm-hmm. Free is still, it's one of the first sports animes that I ever watched. And it's one of the first like cult following <laughs> sports animes I ever watched. I think it's the first, you know, really popular sports anime I ever watched. It's got this huge fandom behind it that is absolutely deserved. And whenever you go to any kind of like anime convention or anything, there are those um, swim jackets in like every shopping stand. They're so popular. Mm-hmm. And I completely understand why. 
It's a really, really, really good show and I do recommend watching it. I feel like as well, because we only covered the first season and so we're only ranking this based off of the first season, that does impact my view. Because All Out, it's like, I want more content and I'm never gonna get it and that makes me sad. But Free, there's a lot more content that we didn't take into consideration here that I want you to watch and will affect your opinion. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like maybe I could rank it higher. But All Out for me, it's just, uh, like, I, I have squishy feelings towards it, so I know that's like, that's a me thing, though. And then coming in at number 20, The Promised Neverland. Yeah. Which, again, this is one of those I feel like is about too, too low, in my opinion. I think that's pretty low as well. But uh, I feel like we should leave it, because we've changed a lot up to this point. Actually, I feel like I <laughs> yeah. feel like it's four too low in my opinion. I feel like I'd put it at number fourteen, or not. Sorry, no, number uh, fourteen, number sixteen. Yeah, I could agree with that. But the Promised Neverland, Farm of Children, but it's it's so much more than that. It is truly a psychological thriller. I wouldn't. I hate that we covered it in Spooky Month because it's not spooky. It's more of a psychological thriller than it is a horror. But it's three of the most absolutely brilliant children you'll ever see trying to outwit demons and their farm mother that is mm -hmm. that used to be one of those kids and was the top of her class so they're trying to outwit just incredibly brilliant people and escape and it's a good story the op is absolutely fire there's the ending is really satisfying as well like the ending of the season and season two is in january and i'm so hyped i'm stoked for season two yeah i feel like this is low on the list and this is one of the things that's kind of nice about doing this podcast though and, and specifically this this podcast is that we just ranked these and now going through and having a discussion about them changing the rankings on on them as we go it's kind of nice to like really get your thoughts organized mm -hmm. because we did this like the way that we ranked this was just we sat down and we just ranked them and we didn't look at it again going through it a second time now it's funny how much our opinions change and like clarity affects everything now that we're like really looking at it again, because I agree. I think it's low on the yeah, list. Yeah, because again, I think it was one of those we we were going through and I felt like we just kind of threw in whatever caught our eye first of, oh, hey, this is good. Again, top mm -hmm. 10 deserve their spots, but everything else yeah. was just kind of, oh, hey, this was good. Oh, hey, this was good. You know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of fell into place. But no, if... But yeah, Promise Neverland uh, should at least be 16th. But again, that's... I feel like it should be in the top 15, but I'm not sure what it would replace. I was going to say, you think it should... Honestly, I would... I don't know, it's tough. Because again, if, if we change this one, we would have to move around a lot, not just take it and bump down. Yeah, we'd have to switch everything Yeah, because everything would have to change. Because looking at it now, there's a lot more that I would change out of that bunch. Yeah, I agree. This is really interesting, looking at this again. Yeah, because now we're actually being critical of what we put. We're like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, why did we put that back? Yeah, God damn. Anyway. <laughs> so, number 19 was a joint episode of The Daily Lives of High School Boys and Are You Lost? If you like comedy. Yeah. And you like random. Stupid yeah, jokes. Yeah, stupid jokes. All across skits. the board. Sketches. Definitely yeah. skits. Are You Lost had more of a running storyline, whereas The Daily Lives of High School Boys was just generally... Sketch yeah. comedy. It's just sketch comedy animated. But it was it was a blast. I enjoyed it. Again, I don't think it 
necessarily be- deserves its spot anymore, but it was still a really good time. I enjoyed watching both of those anime. I am pleased. I with personally where it's at. think, I think it I belongs in our top twenty. I don't think it would necessarily belong in a top twenty based on like the the world if they were looking at this specific list yeah. because. For us, though, the amount of gifts and jokes and references that we share to each other from these shows, Mm -hmm. probably more... Oh, there's only probably one or two that probably rank above these. Yeah, from purely from that perspective, yes. It's become, like, such an inside joke for us that that I feel like it deserves a place in top Mm -hmm. 20. But if you're looking at it from a critical, like, not our, (laughs) our relationship kind of vibe then yeah no it probably shouldn't be and i would rank daily lives high school boys higher than are you lost purely because that comedy makes me giggle so much i mean the comedy is great but again if i wanted that style of comedy i just go watch tonica coon and again i think that's what kind of puts it on par for me with uh are you lost but i feel like for me we would like in person and stuff. I feel like we would do the stupid things like with the sticks and stuff that happen in Day Lives of High School Boys, where we start like you're holding your sword backwards minus two, minus two. You know, but like specifically to reference daily lives. Yes, more than we would it would Tanaka Kun or Are You Lost? Because Tanaka Kun's jokes are really funny, but I don't think that we would replicate them in real life as much. I mean, I wear a mask for about ten hours a day right now, so the shiny <laughs> okay, face shiny is faces. real. <laughs> Shiny face is the exception. I feel like if I shaved my beard, it would be nothing but shiny face all day, every day. Shiny. Uh, making those faces underneath the mask. He's like, oh, sorry, I just got used to the fact that I was wearing a mask. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just making no. faces under the mask, I relate to that so fucking hard. Oh, my God. Oh, I have to tell you this story. You can include it if you want. I okay. don't mind. Um, we were in, me and my mom went shopping the other day just before lockdown happened here in Alberta. And we were going to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond to pick up some new bed sheets and like bathroom mats and stuff and look at a rug for my office because the last time, funnily enough guys, the last time that we recorded after I just had the floors done in my office, it was echoing so bad in here that I had to put a blanket on the floor. So, but no one can tell in post fun. because I am doing no. a great fucking job. <laughs> so I went to go and buy a rug that is now on the floor. So hopefully the echo is gone. And it's also a really, really soft, fluffy rug that I fell asleep on the other day. <coughs> Just saying. Um, I'll, I'll send you a picture later, Brad. It's like really fluffy. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's pink. So I mean, what can I say? But anyway, we were in Bubbles Beyond. And there was this lady ahead of us in the queue that was complaining to this teenage worker who was wearing a mask, a mandatory mask. And this lady was saying something along the lines of, we might as well just cancel Christmas. Might as well just not have Christmas. It's really stupid. I can't even have six people in my house because they're going to come around and ask him here, going to come and knock on all of our doors and they're going to fight us $6,000 for the people that are in my house. Can't even have six. Might as well just not even have a Christmas. I'll just be on my own for the whole time. Because you're allowed a couple people over, you're just not allowed that many people over. And this poor teenage worker, she didn't give a shit. She was working retail. She she don't care. She does not care about your problems. No, not at all. Just get your shit and get the fuck out. Yeah. And she was standing there and she had to, like, nod along. And you can tell that she doesn't agree. You can tell that she is fine with the quarantine. That She thinks this lady is crazy. You know, like, you can just tell that she's, like, done with this situation. 
and she's wearing this mask and I just catch her eye for a second and uh, and I just like roll my eyes because like I can, I've worked retail. I know like how you're feeling in those those moments. And I roll my eyes at her and I like shrug towards the lady. I'm like a gesture of like, am I right? And, uh, and she's trying not to smile and I can tell she's trying not to smile, but she just like creases her eyebrows a little bit and she's like grinning. You can tell she's grinning, but she creases her eyebrows a little bit and, and the, the lady opposite her just goes, I know, right? Totally worth something to frown about. This lady is not wearing a mask. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I will be frowning too. I completely, I'm glad you're on my side. And this girl is like laughing, but like wearing this mask to disguise it. And I could, I just got up to her and I was like, having a day? And she's like, yes, I have been having a day. <laughs> oh, the yeah. things that us that work retail, just we can all relate with. Oh my God. The thing about it is as well is that there's a mandatory mask policy in the city that I was in to go in stores. Mandatory mask policy, not store-wide, city-wide, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this lady had a mask, but she had obviously taken the mask off. After she got, like, into the store. Excuse me? Yeah, people do that. Did you not know that? No. They'll go past security at the front entrance to get in the store. And then they will take the mask off once they're in the store. And then, like, quickly put it back on again if there's any, like, workers around. That's that's so much extra work. It's so much work. And and then they'll look around and they'll be, like, all smug when they're walking down the down the aisles of the store and be like, yeah, look, I'm not wearing my mask. Like, I disagree with you and your politics. And I'm like, masks are not a polit- politics, okay? It's not politics. So you, Just wear a damn mask. I agree with the whole mask wearing thing. But you know what I think is absolutely stupid? The what? people that ride in their cars by themselves that wear a mask. Yeah, isn't that, like, bad? I heard that's, like, not good for the like the mask germ thing yeah it's definitely not i think that's yeah that's not good i don't know i heard it was like you're supposed to take it off when you get in your car but only like touch it around where your ears are like the ear loops Mm. so you don't actually touch the outside of the mask bit and then sanitize but that's like what i was always like what the the infomercials and stuff have been saying around Mm -hmm. here is to take it off when you're in your car. Yeah. I don't know why. But I mean, I also like, think it's like bad for you in general. Like it's bad for your lungs to wear a mask in an enclosed space like that. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, the only fucking science I know is Dr. Stone. That's that's about all I can sit here and speak on. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's go on to... 18? 18. Children who chase lost voices. Honestly, I forgot about this one. And it's hard for me to say that, because it's Makoto fucking Shinkai. Yeah, I kind of forgot about this one as well. It's definitely not as memorable, which makes me think that it shouldn't be in our top 20, despite the fact that the animation is absolutely- Excuse me. The animation is absolutely stunning. But there's just- there's better Makoto Shinkai on the list, so I feel like that's why it gets forgotten. Yeah, and I feel like- I feel like, yeah, there's better Makoto Shinkai, and there's things that are very similar to it. I feel like it's one of those ones that he didn't really take- a huge leap of faith on Mm -hmm. and because he kind of played it safe which is unusual to think about because of how unusual the character design is but when you think of who his inspirations were and who influenced his work you could definitely see those influences heavily impacting this work and thus less of his own personality Mm -hmm. but again it is Makoto Shinkai. It is a really good film. I enjoyed it. It's just definitely not on par with Weathering With You and Your Name, in my opinion. 
So is it is it yeah. ranked a little bit high? Yes, but again, we were kind of going through, and because of honestly, I think this one was because you placed it somewhere in the fucking anime awards, so it was fresh on mm-hmm. your brain to want to place it somewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. I feel like I mean it's decent. It's a lo- I think a lot of people would. F- I think for a lot of people it would be their favorite film. I could see it. It's just not for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good film, but ranked a little bit high. Anyway, number 17, you go for it. Given, yeah. Yeah, we got number 17, Given. It is, was it the the second music anime that we covered, right? Because you're late April, then Given. Yes. I feel like. And it was your first BL anime ever. It was. And it's cute. It is cute. It has has an adorable little storyline. It has, uh, adorable for the most part, there's... It's deep. It does get pretty deep in areas. Yeah, it, trigger warning if you want to go back and watch it. But mm-hmm. yeah, good storyline. The music in it is good. The concert in the episode before the last was great. Mm-hmm. And there's just there's a lot to like about the show. I think it's definitely deserving to be in the top twenty for sure. Yeah, I, it's one of those ones where there's, there we did definitely have some criticisms with certain elements of the show, but it does, like, we both really enjoyed it, and, you know, it's, uh, like, at the end of the day, whether or not you enjoy a show definitely has impact on how high it ranks. Yeah, especially considering this is our opinions, we are idiots, which is, we, we yeah. like talking about anime. And we're both excited for the movie that's coming out next yeah. year. Speaking of movie. I did. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I got a sneak peek at the plotline for that when I was looking up Given on Wikipedia the other day uh-huh. for ranking it in the in the things, and I got a sneak peek at the plotline, but I didn't read too much, so I haven't had it spoiled, but I do know what it's about. Mm. So, speaking of movies, coming in at number 16, Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, this I really like. Maybe it's just, I think an, an element for me is that my granddad was a witch, he's a white witch, did a whole bunch of stuff in my childhood that's like, I remember him, you know, making policies and 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 taking away people's warts with silver, which actually works. There's science behind that. If you use silver on warts, actual science behind that that works. Back in his day, though, there was no science behind it, so he just thought it was magic. Mm-hmm. But he was also a paranoid schizophrenic, which helps. But you know, um, yeah. So I grew up with surrounded by a lot of witchcraft. We have a lot of like weird traditions in my family that are heavily influenced by him that I don't even notice our traditions and then people are like, what? And I'm like, oh, you don't salute at magpies whenever you see them? And they're like, no, why would I do that? And I'm like, oh, sorry. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like this movie definitely hit in like the childhood nostalgia element for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can can definitely see it. So that's why I'm kind of, that's why I'm okay with this placement. Plus it's Chibli, you can't go wrong with it. I don't think we could rank or rate any of their films under an eight as it is. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. And then... And there's, like, yeah, I want to, like, buy all the merch for it. It's adorable. Yeah, it is adorable. Cat, uh, great. Yeah. Number 15, Kurokono Basuke. Yeah. So, I'm, su- yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Kuroko is this high when you said that Free was your favorite sports anime. But Kuroko's a close second. Because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Kuroko. It has a really good story. It has... There's so much to like about it. But again, I think it's also, its placement there has a lot to do with fucking uh, award syndrome. 
That's what I'm going to call mm-hmm. it now from where we talked about it in the awards. So it's just immediately fresh in our brain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it's just overall a good show. Like there's not, there's not much more to say about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. I really enjoy it. I want you to see more content from it. We'll get to that next year. Get to that next year. Um, Yeah, I feel like I, f- I don't know. It's like, I feel like we've kind of said everything we can say about Kuroko. Mm-hmm. It's it's always going to be one of those ones that I stick on in the background. Oh yeah, I can I can definitely see that as long as it skips the fucking intro every time. Fuck that. Oh my god, yeah, freaking intros. <laughs> freaking intro makes me want to like move it down three spots. Mm. Now number fourteen, although it's number fourteen on the list, but the o- the op will always be number one in our hearts. Tokyo Ghoul. Hmm. Yeah, character design is amazing in this show. You can we spoke about that in the anime awards. Um. They, the plot line is really interesting and unique. This the, We are only covering season one here as well, so I know a lot of people have different opinions on the later season and stuff. But, like... Season one, it's... Season one. It's great. It has a really good storyline. Everything, like, there's not a whole lot of plot holes because everything will eventually be filled in at some point later on in the show, mm-hmm. although I don't necessarily agree with everything that goes on later on in the show. I'm one of those people that think it drops dramatically after the first season but it also ends on a major fucking cliffhanger so you know do with that as you will but where it ends in the first season it's just badass seeing Kaneki snap and go off so good Mm -hmm. plus the op i I will go on about the op till the end of time unravel is phenomenal it's Mm -hmm. so good yeah i thought it was really unique thought it was really cool definitely a a thriller gets on your heebie-jeebies a little bit and yeah, it's a decent show. Keeps you captured throughout the entire thing. 100%. Number 13, Rugby. <laughs> all Out. Yeah, we got All Out, which is the only rugby anime that I know of in existence. I don't know of and... anything rugby either. No, yeah. And I really enjoy it. It's the one that I'm always going to wish that there's a second season of that I don't think I'm ever going to get, but I'm still going to keep my hopes up. It's Madhouse. Just drop your expectations and you'll be fine. I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's got one of my favorite sports characters of all time, and I, uh, I don't know, there, there's jokes in it that I think hit, there's some that I think are kind of, they, not too many fall flat, I don't, I don't think any of them necessarily fall flat, but some of them are funnier than others, so I don't think it's, like, it's definitely not top ten material, but it's really entertaining, I learned a lot about a sport I didn't know a whole bunch about, I don't know, it's cool, I enjoyed it. Agreed. That's... That's basically all I would want to add to it as well. Yeah. Interesting character design as well. Agreed. Like, yeah. Sekizen, very well could be best boy. Yeah, he's he's squishy. And ca- For a giant rugby playing man, yeah. he's a big squish. And coming in at number 12, Makoto Shinkai's Weathering With You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the one that we actually switched out with number seven. Yeah, because it... Looking back on it, Weathering With You was phenomenal, but it is not on par with your name, in my opinion. But I think you and I disagreed on that. Yeah, I prefer Weathering With You to Your Name, purely because I think that Your Name is more cliche than Weathering With You. But I have to admit, Your Name is more memorable now, looking back on it. I remember more about Your Name than I do Weathering With You. I can definitely agree with that. But again, you just, you don't like romance. I love romance. But also, the, I feel like the soundtrack just sat better 
for me with your name than weathering with you as well although rad wimps again just they're phenomenal with their soundtracks Mm-hmm. And kudos to Weathering With You for getting an entirely new up-and-coming set of voice actors and actresses versus going with, you know, established names. Established ones. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Makoto Shinkai, props to you, man. But again, if you want just the epitome of animation, anything that Makoto Shinkai does, especially with Weathering With You and Your Name, it's so stunning. Yeah, I was just going to say that. that. There's that scene in Weathering With You where they are standing in an alleyway with the water falling down in the alleyway. You know the scene? Mm-hmm. It's like really pretty. Yeah. It's like heavy Tokyo city vibes and... Uh, it's really, really, really beautiful with the way that the water is, and I'd have that as a still on my wall. I can I can definitely see that. But also, the cityscapes they do in this film as well. Oh, yeah, the, the shrine, when they're, like, up on the shrine at the top of the city, and then it's, like, looking out over the rest of the mm-hmm. area. And then the time cuts as well to where you just see the city and then just watch the day and night cycle go through it and just watch all the shadows move. It's yeah. so fucking good. Again, just the epitome of animation. It's just yeah. there in these films. Mm-hmm. And then coming in at number 11, My Neighbor Totoro. Such a classic. Such a squish. Just uh, Totoro is best boy. Cat Bus is amazing. Cat Bus is amazing. Uh, little Sister's annoying, but adorable. <laughs> but again, it's all just, it's adorable. It's squishy. It's fucking Studio Chibli. And also shows the... Uh, Gives a good life lesson of don't leave children unattended because they will run away. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really comfy movie that you can watch on any kind of day and it deserves its ranking. Agreed. And also just, I feel like the word is still an understatement, but iconic. Mm -hmm. And then coming in at number 10, Food Wars. Yeah, Food Wars is coming in at the bottom spot of our top 10 list, but that doesn't mean that it's not as good as any of the others on our top 10 list. I feel like our top 10 is really solid i feel like any of these could take the place of any other it's just kind of what we were feeling at the time yeah and i feel like because food was we covered all of the seasons like from food was from start to finish there's a lot more of it to be critical of than compared to other things which don't have a as many episodes or we just didn't cover as many episodes Mm -hmm. but yeah it's phenomenal it is the just top tier class of food anime it's there's so much to love about it again it's very deserving of its place in the top 10 ops are as fitting for the show as they could be the eds are a good break from the less serious ops Mm -hmm. but it's there's so much to love about it once you get past the hentai in the first season so good yeah and you can't watch without snacks nope definitely cannot watch without snacks and we'll give you great recipe ideas Mm-hmm. Then number nine, Coming in. Mm-hmm. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Yeah, this show gets you pissed off at adults. Gets you pissed off at adults. It You learn a lot. The show, for, for it having the fucking title of Bunny Girl Senpai, there is literally only a Bunny Girl outfit twice. Yeah, number two learns a lot show out of all the ones we covered. <laughs> Uh, between this and Food Wars, because I feel like you learn a lot from Food Wars as yeah, well. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. So I feel like yeah. these two and then number two, they're just all, they're great learning experience. But yeah, yeah. Bunny Girl Senpai just Philosophy covers, in this one yeah, is like insane. Philosophy, psychology, qu- quantum physics, fucking 
Quantum entanglement. Yeah, there's so much, man. Mm-hmm. Hands down, it's just, it's a great time. It's a mm-hmm. really sad time. You will cry. And unfortunately for next week's episode, we're going to cry more. I, I'm i just going to go ahead and tell you, I bawled for like the last 30 minutes, basically. Sobs. So, yeah. So I, good. It's one of those... It's one of those shows that you don't think that you're going to get completely captured by, and then the next thing you know, it's the next day. Yeah, it's easy to get yourself lost in, and it just has one of those EDs that will be iconic for the rest of time. Yes. The ED, whenever it hit in the film, like right as I finally thought I was done crying, it just immediately brought it all rushing back. Mm-hmm. So I... Uh, so good. Mm-hmm. You take the reins on the next, the next one, mate. This one's all you. Yeah, okay. Uh, number eight, coming in at number eight. This is the one that you need to watch after you've watched all of the other top tens to just alleviate the pressure. Yeah, because this <laughs> the sadness. one... This one and Spirited Away and uh, Food Wars all 100%. Like, you need to watch for, like, a squish day. Yeah. And you'll need to watch all of them consecutively, ending with Tanaka Kun after you watch the rest of the other seven. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, Tanaka Kun is always listless. It's our number one referenced anime. Shiny face. Shiny face. It makes us laugh with just thinking about it. Uh-huh. It is so stupid. It's really stupid. It's an anime I could watch any time. I could watch any episode and just laugh my ever-loving ass off. It's... Yeah. uh, It feels wrong putting it in at number eight, but also with everything else that's in the top ten, it it feels right in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not incredible animation. It's not incredible plotline where you're, like, dying over emotional characters. It's not gonna severely impact your (laughs) psyche or whatever or make you learn anything or anything like that it's just a load of fun and it deserves its spot because it's so stupid and memorable and funny and we joke about it all the time and that's why it belongs in the top 10 and if you just want any slight idea of how meme worthy this anime is go google miano and bongo cat and you will have the time of your life looking at that gif. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tanaka Kun is just the embodiment of like every high school is like wanting to be. Mm-hmm. It's who we all want to be is Tanaka. Agreed. Coming in at number seven. What is just off personal feelings alone and because of how season two ended. If we could have separated season one and season two for anime of the year, I probably would have gave it to this show. Re-Zero. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was the first true isekai that I got you to watch. And it was one of those things where whenever I watched the first season back years ago, I it has not I've not been able to get it out of my head. It is mm-hmm. a masterpiece of storytelling. The use of OPs and EDs with the way that they are sparingly used is unheard of in anime. Yeah, yeah, and see, I'd watched a couple of Isekais before you got me to watch ReZero, but none of them were in the same vein as this. I had watched, let me think, Goblin Slayer, Housebreak of Girls in a Dungeon, and I think a couple of others beforehand, but none of them had this, like... Wait, you've seen Goblin Slayer? Yeah, I have. Really? Yeah. 
Because I considered actually scheduling that because I haven't seen it, but I know how the first episode goes. Yeah, huge controversy. Yeah, so that's why I've I left it alone. But again, I figured that would make for a good episode. But now that I know that you've seen it, I'll schedule that at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones that actually the twins have seen as well, my two best friends. And um, they both dropped it after the first episode. Again, I can see why, because I know what the first episode is. I haven't seen it, but I know what it is. Yeah, it's, funnily enough, the first episode is the worst. It doesn't stay consistent with that kind of content throughout the rest of the show, like it makes you think that it does. Mm -hmm. Oh, so speaking of things being dropped, did you ever go back to your brother and tell him that the rest of season two of K-On! is worth watching? Oh, no, I haven't, but I will, and I'll keep you posted. Mm -hmm. But, But yeah. Yeah. ReZero is very different to the other isekais that I had watched up until this point because of the whole premise of starting life in another world again and again and again. And not only that, but literally from scratch, Subaru had nothing. But the growth that Subaru shows throughout the show is just a masterpiece of storytelling. And it's mm-hmm. it's psychologically wearing like this show although you can binge it it sucks to binge because you will be absolutely drained for one by the time you get through the first season but then the second season it just crams so much more info in you and just feels so much uh, it's it really is a masterpiece and especially the second season yeah, the, so ReZero Season 2 is what gives me hope for Wise Man's Grandchild Season 2 if that ever comes out. Mm-hmm. I never think, I do not think that Wise, Grand, Wise Man's Grandchild will ever get on the same level as ReZero, but I do think that the show could be ever, uh, elevated a lot more than what it currently is mm-hmm. with a really good second season, because the setup is good. Agreed. There's a lot more they can do with it, but again, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know of any other isekai that is on the level of ReZero. The only one that I see being anywhere near compared to it is Rising of the Shield Hero. But I haven't seen that, so yeah. I can't make that call yet. I have seen Rising of the Shield Hero, and I prefer ReZero. That's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. And then coming in at the ever-so-lovely number six, Makoto Shinkai's number one masterpiece, in my opinion, Your Name. Yeah, this is your number one film of all time. Isn't it is it? my number one film of all time, followed by a very close second of a silent voice. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to schedule a silent voice for this year because I figured that'd be too much sad in one year. Too much sad. Yeah. Uh, your name was great. I enjoyed your name. I did at the time prefer Weathering with You, but now I'm looking back on it, I do find your name more memorable. There are specific scenes in your name that are so clear in my mind that I don't think I'm ever going to forget the image of them. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want something that will kind of take your breath away, I can't remember which song it is, but it's the slower piano one that Radwimps did for this one. If you listen to that while it's either raining or at a sunset, it will take your breath away with like a nostalgia feel. Mm-hmm. It is and it's such a sensation. The visuals in this film, especially with the meteor, is just... It's breathtaking. Yeah, and there's that scene of the two sisters doing that traditional dance. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful as well. It is. It makes me one of those things that's like, oh, I want to go to Japan and see that, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, 100%. Like, I would absolutely love to see something like that in person. Yeah. It, just... it makes you want to learn the history about where that came from and, and the, the shrines. And, and it makes you really interested in the culture. It does. And it's just it just makes you want to go travel. 
Mm-hmm. And also the Freaky Friday element is great and is 100% what would happen if a Freaky Friday gender swapping thing happened. Boobs. Boobs. So much boobs. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's Yeah, it's really funny. They managed to do it in a way where they did a Freaky Friday moment with teenagers and not make it creepy. And it could have very easily been creepy. Yeah, like it was done tastefully. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> That's Yeah, that is weird. But like, yeah, the jokes in it were... Yeah, I don't know. They were they were decent. It was it wasn't. There's nothing bad really to say about it. There's, in my opinion, there's nothing bad to say about it. I gave it a ten because, in my opinion, it 100 percent deserves the ten. And even still, mm-hmm. going full critical podcast brain at this point, I there's nothing I can fault about this film. Yeah, I personally find it a tad cliche, but that is also just because I don't like romances. And I love romances. I'm a single sappy bitch. <laughs> yeah. So there's that too. Coming in at number five, one of my favorite animes of all time. Probably, I say it's my favorite anime of all time, but I find it really hard to rank my like top five animes. Um, it's one of the ones that I have a huge nostalgia, emotional, not necessarily nostalgia, but like an emotional connection to. I am going to throw in nostalgia because there's a couple of songs in there that are from my childhood that are included in this film that they've redone and like changed to the film. Um, and it uh, changed to film, changed to the series. It's Kids on the Slope at number five, and I I freaking love it, dude. I I agree. It was something that you and I made a gentleman's agreement of we would watch each other's favorite anime of all time. So mm-hmm. we subjected each other to Kids on a Slope and Your Lie in April, and I think that kind of gave you and I a better understanding of who either of us are as a person. Yeah. But it was... It was a blast. It was a good story. It fucking wrecked me. That's just, that's a testament to the show. It got me more interested in jazz music than I would have been before. But also it's like just the interactions between the three main characters and just Mm -hmm. the instruments and how everyone played off one another. It was, it was a really good show. Yeah. I also think it's really unique that it was set in the early sixties as well, because I don't see, like, there's not very many animes that are set in that time period in Japan. I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just unique. Tier. I feel yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's unique. I feel like it doesn't get as, as much hype around it as it should do. Um, but that is also my personal preference. And I know that it is really niche. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like jazz. They don't like early 60s stuff. They don't like that retro feel. And they don't have that same connection to it that I did because I grew up listening to jazz music and I also grew up watching The Sound of Music and Snow White there's a song from Snow White in there as well and and it's yeah it, it hit me in nostalgia vibes that I feel like it doesn't necessarily get for other people so I do understand that it is probably a me thing as well but I do think it's definitely worth a watch for a lot of other people too agreed now you know what we should do at some point in the future what we should go back and cover some of the lesser known animes that we've done as like a throwback mm-hmm. episode as the podcast gets mm-hmm. more popular. So that way more people can be exposed to things like Tonica Kuhn and Kids on the Slope. Yeah, I'm down for that. And now, take it away. Yeah, number five, uh, number five, number four, sorry. <laughs> we just did the one that I got Brad to watch. So it's only fair that we do the one that Brad got me to watch. That being Your Lie in April. 10 out of 10. Yes. It's... 10 out of 10. I don't... There's... 
so much to absolutely love about Your Line April. In 23 episodes, it makes you feel every single emotion possible. It takes topics that are typically hard to talk about and kind of brings light to them in a new and unique way in something that I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. It also brings a light to classical music in a way that's not really seen in anime. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, the, the, the reason why I allow, I allowed, <laughs> um, the reason why Yolai and April is ranked higher than Kids on the Slope, despite the fact that they're both are like diehard <laughs> animes, is purely because I think that Yolai and April is more palatable to a wider audience than Kids on the Slope. And I feel like it's one of those ones that gets people, they both get people interested in new genres of music to genres that they don't normally listen to, but I feel like your Lay in April directly references that, whereas Kids on the Slope, because it was based in a time period when that was kind of, when like jazz music was kind of like really big at the time. Like I mean, if Kids on the Slope was based when like Beethoven was around, then they wouldn't need to reference the fact that classical music isn't considered cool. Yeah, but because Your Lay in April is based in modern times, they do directly reference the fact that classical music isn't considered cool. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really cool element, <laughs> for lack of a better word, that they included in the show. It does that does pop up in like other classical music animes, like Piano No Mori and stuff like that. But I feel like Yolai and April directly expresses that more than others. And not only that, but it's like Blue and I talked about in the last episode as well. I feel like your line April barely edges out Kids on the Slope because the soundtrack is one hundred percent consistent. Whereas mm -hmm. the background music and especially the fucking OP and ED of Kids on the Slope are lackluster. Mm -hmm. But the the soundtrack and the songs played in Kids on the Slope are phenomenal. But I just feel like Your Lion April, from a music perspective, has more of a total package, not just the music that's played. Mm -hmm. And Your Lion April did a really, really good job with the CGI animation combination yeah, that's 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 the main takeaway that we had on Given as well, in that it did not look like they were playing their instruments. Yeah. Whereas you have something like Your Lion April, to where they perfectly blend CGI and just regular 2D animation, mm -hmm. to where a lot of anime just can't duplicate something like that. No. So, yeah, hands down. Even with K-On! Yeah, even with K-On, where they did a really good job of animating the instruments, the playing of the instruments was not on the same level as, as your Lane April. Mm -hmm. And again, Kyoto Animation does animation better than the studio that did your Lion April, but it's the instrument playing was far and above anything that Kyoto Animation has done as far as instruments are concerned. Plus, I feel like we haven't talked enough about how pretty the fucking visuals in your line April are with the cherry blossoms and everything. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. there's so much to love about it. I could go on and on and on about it, but that episode's like three hours and forty five minutes. So Yeah. Just, you can go and listen to that if you want to hear more. Yeah, listen to me fucking gush all you want if that's what you want to listen to. I wouldn't that was like one of our first episodes. Don't go back. Again, <laughs> cringe. So much cringe. So we're now in our top three: bronze, silver, and gold. Dun dun 
And bronze is very fitting, I feel like, not just for our personal opinions, but because of how high it ranks in society, because of the records that it's made, because of the animation, because of how weird it is, because of the history, because of the influence, because of the inspiration that it has given to so many other directors, animators, producers, creators in this field. In our in our bronze place, number three place, we have Spirited Away. Spirited Away is by far my favorite Ghibli film of all time. It has real stakes. It has a story that is just masterfully woven. It's just, there's nothing bad I can say about Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. It's got super unique characters that are known globally, that are sold on merch globally. The I freaking saw a no-face when I worked at the mall on Halloween. Like, a giant no-face came into my store. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but Soot Sprites are probably the most well-known anime characters of all time as well. Like, Soot Sprites, mm-hmm. No-Face, and Totoro are probably the three biggest, like, three of the biggest anime icons of all time, besides the true big three. Yeah. And yeah, that's just all, that's just all Chibli. Miyazaki is just masterclass. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we need to really go into Spirited Away, really. No. I feel like it's just, it is what it is. It's it's Spirited Away. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it. Yeah, change that. Yeah, seriously. And that's the same with all of our top ten. Everything we've talked about in the top ten, go watch it. Oh, yeah. Which brings us to our silver medal spot. The one that makes you learn the most. And also the number one anime that you can show your normie friends and get them into anime with it. (laughs) Yep. It is Dr. Stone. Uh, so good. It's so good. Oh, hi, Yosakai. Good morning, world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the reason why I am ranking this higher than ReZero is because Dr. Stone only has one season right now. Dr. Stone's season one is way better than ReZero's season one, and it's still set up. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm trying, I don't want to get my hopes too high for season two because I know that I will be devastated if it doesn't rank, but my hopes are pretty high. As someone who's reading the manga, I will give you nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Dr. Stone's great. The amount of work that went into the behind the scenes of this show is insane. They put so much time into R&D on this to truly get everything right. The show is incredibly smart. You learn so much in every single episode. The comedy is absolutely wonderful. Mecha Senku is a meme in and of itself. We yeah. took so many screenshots of this show that we will send one another. It's about like a Tana Cocoon inside joke. Yep. There's there's so much to like about it. The first OB and the second ED are timeless in their own right. It's just, I have absolute, again, it's another one of those, I have nothing bad to say about it whatsoever. Yeah, it's really, really great. It I, I'm super stoked for season two. I will watch season one over and over and over again. I want to collect all of the manga. It makes me interested in science, which is... Something as a creative I didn't think I was going to say. As someone that is also creative and also somebody that failed science classes a lot. I love science. If I could have Senku teach me all of the things, I would 100% do it. Yeah, and Suika is adorable. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Why did we put Suika on fucking best girl list? I didn't even think of her. Yeah, belongs there. Oh, 100%. She probably would have won. Yeah. 
that's a story for another time. We have all of season two to discuss that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have to make a note of our best girls in the back of our like notes or so in like a notepad or something as we go through them all. Best boys and best girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that leads us to Brad, do you want to give us do us the honors of our gold medal position? Demon Slayer. Uh, as of right now, Demon Slayer speaks for itself. Yeah. It is the most recognized anime in all of Japan right now, with literally 90% of the population recognizing Demon Slayer. It is, yes. its film is about to just absolutely shatter box office records, and it's only been in the box office for nine weeks. Ten weeks by the time it probably shatters a fucking Spirit Away's box office record of 30.8 billion yen. Which mm-hmm. is an insane amount of money. And it's doing it in literally a fifth of the time. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just the records that it's setting. Let's just talk about Demon Slayer itself. OP, phenomenal. ED, phenomenal. Characters, absolutely wonderful. It is a shonen that does not feel like a shonen. In the fact that it's not a character that just starts out massively OP. No, this motherfucker worked for everything. He watched his family get slaughtered. And he worked his ass off for three years to be the demon-slaying monster that he is. But he's still not as good as you would think. It's just it's an absolute masterclass. The animation is absolutely stunning, especially on the sword skills and breathing techniques. It's unlike anything else that you will watch. I'm excited for the film. I cannot even begin to express how excited I am for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm super stoked for the film. I think the show is so good, <laughs> the, the everything that came out. It's one of those ones that you, like, that I was kind of apprehensive about going into because it's not my normal, normal genre of anime. And I'm so glad that we did watch it. I'm so glad that we did cover it. I think that there are some of the most interesting like, there's some of the really, like, really basic character tropes, like, stupid dude turns OP. Yeah, Zenitsu <laughs> you know? is the epitome of that. Yeah, and then there's, like, oh, wild man, you know, and then there's, you know, like, really basic character tropes that are seen done pretty frequently, but they're done so well in this case that you don't even, they feel really unique, they feel really fresh, even if they're old tropes that have been done time and time again they don't feel like they have been Mm -hmm. everything in this show is just 100 percent unique i have never seen anything like it well i mean unless you count the main antagonist and then that's michael jackson as a reskin but that's that's a different story (laughs) (laughs) sorry i couldn't i could not throw that jab in there (laughs) but i don't know what else to say it's just so good, man. So good. Yeah. I am... And if you want to hear more of our opinions on Demon Slayer, be sure to go check out that podcast episode, dude. Yeah, because we I probably rambled a lot more in that episode than uh, having this one. Yeah, well, we would have gone through episode by episode, as we did with all of these. So if, except Food Wars. <laughs> Food Wars is the only one that we didn't. Um, <laughs> because we covered three... Four seasons in one episode. But yeah, if you are interested in any of these animes because of what we have just talked about, their rankings, our brief descriptions of our feelings towards them, 
be sure to go and check out our uh, individual episodes on all of them. All of our episodes are archived on both our website and our YouTube channel, which we'll give you more information on in just a moment. Yeah, but there you have it. That is our 2020 rankings of everything that we have covered this year, from worst to best, although some of those are debatable, but we, we're not here to discuss that. No, yeah, our list is fluid as our opinions change and as we grow as people, and as the more anime we watch, these lists are going to change. So I feel like what we might do at the end of 2021, when we come back and do this all over again, we might re-rank these and post this list on the website so you can see what our opinions are one year later on the overall list of all of the things that we have covered from the beginning of the of the podcast so we'll put this this list up on the website maybe as it is now and then at the end of 2021 we'll add in all of the other ones re-rank them change all of our opinions and post that list up on the podcast at the end of 2021 yeah podcast website man get to it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then we'll we'll rank all of our 2021 episodes individually as well, so we can see what 2021 we think of for that. I'm excited for the new year. It's going to be hopefully a good one. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, it will be better from a global perspective than this year for sure. However, time will definitely time will definitely tell. Although it's been an absolute challenge of a year for a lot of people ourselves included it has also been probably one of the best years of my life yeah and uh this goes without saying but this podcast is has been an absolute joy to work on for the past 40 ish weeks i have grown a lot as a person because of this but also sappy bitch time for a moment i owe a lot of this to blue as well It's been an absolute pleasure to take part of this, this podcast and Blue's friendship and a lot of other stuff has been an absolute highlight of my year and I am forever 100% grateful for her for this and for everyone else listening to this because it's y'all continuing to listen to it which is why we're still doing it because we had no intentions of this thing growing to become what it has and I I'm grateful we're all grateful it's absolutely wonderful yeah yeah I'm gonna jump in on that sappy bitch moment time <laughs> to say that yeah I I really appreciate you sticking it out with me just deciding to hop in on my really stupid idea of being like hey Brad you want to start a podcast and uh and you jumping in you know head first diving into the deep end with me and you know the fact that we decided to just right off the bat release weekly episodes and we've managed to maintain that throughout nearly an entire year is insane uh especially with all of the other crazy things that we've been going on in our lives especially through all of covid this year has been insane for everybody but we've both managed to be really creative and determined and I'm excited to see what 2021 brings for us in the podcast. And for all you guys listening at home, let us know what your favorite moment from 2020 is. Because we've all had a bit of a rough one. So maybe we should take a moment to just focus on and what was actually good about 2020. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we might have done this for the Thanksgiving episode, but let's revisit it here for a second. Just 
tell us what you're most thankful for for this year because it's easy to get lost in all the negativity of Mm -hmm. this year so it's i feel like it's definitely a time to be thankful but also look forward to the future as well because i am i'm excited to see what 2021 has to bring just in general because i feel like things can only go up from here yeah i feel like 2020 was the year of learning a new skill set I 100% agree, and I also feel like it was also a year for growth as well. Maybe not yeah. necessarily from one perspective, but just a year of personal growth, because I know I've grown a lot this year as a person, as a content creator, as a streamer, just so much. I feel like as a society, we kind of have as well. It was a year of really like ripping off the Band-Aid and, and exposing the infestation as, as what it is for the entire world, not just... You know, I know America's had a lot of turmoils right right now because of the protests at the beginning of the year for the Black Lives Matter movement. And then there was the election that was crazy, as well as everything that's happened with COVID. But America is obviously not the only country that has been... I feel like they're the most publicized country that has gone through a lot this year. But I feel like all of the countries and, and the world as a as a whole has really had a bit of a rough time of it this year. And has really exposed some not nice stuff about our society and about the way that we run things and the way that we work. Mm. And that we all kind of knew was the way that it was. But this year was kind of the year where we actually started talking about it. Yeah. And that's really healthy. And I know it's a horrible thing to like have to do and you don't want to do it. But it's necessary to do and I'm glad that we are doing it. Mm. Agreed. Hopefully 2021 will be the year of effective change from all of our discussions from 2020. Hopefully, hopefully so. Hopefully it just, there's nothing but continued growth from here on out. Yeah. Yep. Up and up. That's where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Plug time? Plug time. So, Blue, the person on the other side of this, the absolutely lovely voice that is the heart and soul of this thing. Aww. Squish. (laughs) So much squish. (laughs) She has a Twitch channel, but she does not stream hardly at all anymore. <laughs> we we miss her streams. Minecraft Mondays were an absolute joy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still on that hiatus. I've got so many voice projects coming out. I have uh, one that's releasing really, really soon, and it's a movie that I'm involved in. I'm so excited. Right? Yeah, and as soon as I can, I'm going to be promoting that to everybody but i want to let the creator who actually like did everything obviously get the first dibs in in exposing everything before i can then go and be like hey i was involved i, I was did there. things i did this thing yeah it me but yeah i'm fuck lost my train of thought but yeah twitch twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender she also has the instagrams and the twitters at Blue Lavender STM, and a YouTube and TikTok Mm -hmm. account at Blue Lavender, where she uploads artsy things from time to time, and also photos of an adorable bean. Need more, need more bean photos in our lives, please. Need more bean photos. If I I can ask for anything for Christmas, I want bean photos. (laughs) I I will take more bean photos. Yeah, Uh, but that's me. I don't really do much on the social medias right now, but I am going to start being more active on that that's my 2021 new year's resolution that's probably not going to come to fruition because uh, i'm ho- horrible at social media but you know we'll are, see are you are you giving us a markiplier promise right now yeah i am 100 <laughs> um 
But it's not just me here, it's not just my voice, it's not just me talking about all this stuff. I have a partner, and that partner is Brad. And if you like him, you can find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. He streams quite regularly, and he streams some fun stuff. He's got a deep voice, as you've already heard. And deep voices are really entertaining. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just just keep that voice for the rest of the podcast, please, and thank you. Okay. Deep voices are really entertaining, so if you like listening to Brad and his deep voice, you can head on over to his Twitch channel at Brad Carter Gaming, Twitch twitch.tv slash Brad Carter Gaming. You know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> and then he also has an Instagram as well, where you can head on over there, Brad Carter Gaming, as well. He has a TikTok that nobody knows about because he doesn't post on it, but he does stalk things on TikTok, so maybe you can find him on there. I'm I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is. got to go search for it. Okay? Okay? Okay. <laughs> and then if you want to know more about the podcast stuff, you can head on over to our website where we have our previously mentioned archived episodes and list of our rankings and stuff like that all on there as well, or will be uploaded on there at some point. <laughs> They'll be up there. And also have some background information on the show, who we are as people, art stuff, friends, the podcast, downloadable links to where you can find the podcast, all that kind of stuff, all shoved on the website at www.bnbanime.com. Yeah. Yeah. We also have a YouTube channel <laughs> where we upload all of our episodes as well, where you can jump on in in the comment section and tell us what you think about stuff. Because, yeah, we love to know your thoughts and opinions on our rankings, on your favorite anime of the year, on what you think belongs where, all that kinds of stuff, because... Sorry, my screen's went dark. Hopefully... Shame. All that kinds of stuff, because, yeah, we want to know your guys' opinions. We are just two idiots that talk about anime. We have no qualifications in this. Maybe you do. Let us know what you think with your qualified opinions or not qualified opinions. <laughs> and if you want to... Yeah. yeah, and I forgot about these as well. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well, at BNB Anime, where we post updates, stuff like that, all on there. If you like anime memes, follow the Instagram. I post one to multiple memes a day. Yeah. So if you enjoy good, wholesome anime memes, go follow us there. Yeah. But outside of that, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. We here at the BNB Anime Podcast want to wish you all a very happy new year. If you've got plans, be safe, be careful. All that fun stuff. And our first episode of the year, Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl. I am so excited to sit down and cover this. I, it was an absolute pleasure to sit down and see that story continued. It was so much fun. Not spoiling anything, because we'll, we'll get to that next week. But I am so excited. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, thank you again, and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye bye Happy New Year!